morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM 
it's possible to get bigger every day not physically you can get bigger mentally bigger spiritually impact wise every day expanding the waves of your influence in the world bigger acts of kindness bigger acts of impact And a good way to get bigger every day is not just to aspire for a position to be called a big man. It's to add value to others. The quickest way to become a person of influence is to add value to people. The more value you add, the more influence you get. So think about your life. Who do you have influence over? What areas of influence are growing? They are the same areas you are adding value. So be a value multiplier. That's how to get bigger. In fact, to build strong relationships, you must add value before asking for something in return. Add value before asking for something in return. It's the easiest way to improve your scope of influence. So that's my resolve for today. I will be a value adder and a value multiplier. Businesses brought to you by ADB. We're adding value to customers with a loan that's different. Reach us on 0244-284-197. Let's talk about our payday plus. It's growing every day. It's getting better every week. It's up to 80% of your next salary giving to you so long as you pass your salary through ADB. <laughs> We're getting into the headline shortly. It's brought to you by Fidelity Bank. Visit our website or use our app. Update your records. It takes only a few minutes. Enjoy a world of convenient banking with Fidelity. Call 0800-003355. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. And Total Quartz is also adding value to your vehicles. It's the Quartz 9000 Future 0W20. Specially developed and conditioned for your engine. Delivers excellent protection, increases your oil change interval, reduces your fuel consumption. Join the Total Quartz Nation movement now. Keep your engine younger for longer. Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Hello, 
35 getting into a newspaper review segment. I have Nathan and Godfrey in the studio. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello, good morning. Good to have you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're right, we're right. I'm a bit sad, though. What's happening? These examination issues that have come up, you know. As in, is it the school closures? Yeah. Uh, so, two schools, Bolgatanga Technical. Yeah, and, and the Boku. reasons why? The, the, the children rioted and then they, they were asked to go home. Yeah, why did they riot? Yeah, there were some challenges. We can get into those in the in the in the show proper if you are interested. I think the main story this morning is a new gender minister after or new gender minister nominee. She was the deputy minister. Yeah, and then there's somebody else elevated yep, to the yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the main story. At least now there's a substantive nominee. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. How, we'll it's, it's not just the fact that there's a nominee. Mm-hmm. You see, yesterday Godfrey tweeted something, and I mm. completely agree with him. What's the tweet? You see, we should not just take her to vetting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She passes. Charlie, look, it's a very critical. So they must, they must, they must vet. be rigor. They, they must vet the vetting. They must do the vetting. Must vet. I hear you. Yeah. All right. So what's the time saying? The Ghanaian Times has that president appoints minister, deputy minister nominees for Ministry of Gender Social Protection. Boltec closed down after students' violent protest 
I think it should have been violent student protest rather. Man 48 allegedly commits suicide in police cells. And the Ghanaian Times' biggest story says, Effort to export to other African countries. Government outlines plans for local businesses. As president launches a national after policy, framework and action plan. I'm starting from the front page of the new publisher this morning. Bernard Walewalis Lareba replaces Ajua. Safo comes with a photo of Haji Alareba, the minister designate, and also deputy minister designate, or team Mensa Francesca, and also comes with a photo of Ajua Safo, and he says, out, out. <laughs> After Wachi dies at 52, very, very sad uh, story from yesterday, Prince Yosin passing away. And Kufuadu knows when to reshuffle his ministers, Asabi. The finder says, inspire tourists to visit Ghana. Dr. Awa solicits support of Ghanaians residents abroad. Agribusiness entrepreneurs must take advantage of after. ADBMD speaks there. Committee to beautify major cities inaugurated. And 591 youth acquire skills in oil palm value chain businesses. Front page of the Daily Analyst has the ADB boss speaking about agribusiness and after. But NCA breaks silence on Vodafone sale, denies blocking deal, says sale does not meet regulatory threshold for approval. Adopt visa application rate fund policy, government advised. And on the MPP side of things, MPP gives former officers one week ultimatum. To return vehicles, other assets. <laughs> the Chronicle says, Fecal matter in sachet water? Consumers mad over GSS reports. And it's a question they asked. Fecal matter in sachet water? Yes, consumers mad over GSS reports. Mm. Government doubles NDC roads uh, record in Ashanti Beach. I, I think these are, they took back some of the headlines from yesterday. But the new ones, mm. Green Street Project uh, Committee inaugurated. Pastor allegedly swindles church members of 23 million cities. And Adra Safo dismissal officially stamped in the scripture of the morning. Mm. Proverbs 9.13. As to how they find these scriptures. It says, the woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. From page of the Daily Graphic newspaper, boost for private businesses, National Action Plan launched, Minerals Fund to invest in industrial salt sector, utility tariffs to go up next week, Bernard. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> the Inquisitor, Dr. Prempe speaks, nobody can decide not to pay for power. Mm. Touches on strike by tanker drivers Says Ghana has enough power generation mm. Alleged defilement before Tessano Dofsu mm. Victim screams on seeing suspect mm. Asukwa, M- Asukwa MPP on fire Party members, supporters want new MP in 2025 mm-hmm. Shraj defends GSS survey on corruption mm-hmm. And they have one story in the top right corner Parliamentary Select Committee on Education lords ATP's printing of 600,000 science textbooks. Right. Front page of the Herald newspaper, Bernard, finally from me, says that the Energy Ministry accused of inflating a merry relocation job by $10 million. Mm. VRA ready to do job, but Napo says no way. Mm. Opt for controversial Greek company. Mm. Akufuado's 19 Supreme Court judges draws minority chiefs concern. And the Herald says that Cynthia Morrison swept in gender minister replacement. 
<laughs> oh, okay. The new crusading guide says, Fight Scare rocks PSC Tema Shipyard. CEO under fire for snubbing TUC and minister makes demands to reinstate suspended workers. Mm. The government committed to resolving Springfield ENI unitization impasse. That's according to an MPP MP. Mm-hmm. Group to press. Time to reshuffle your appointees to energize economy. All right, moving on. Okay, still more. Yes, unknown persons tear apart 2024 posters of Francis Adai Nimo oh. and Lawrence Asangongo Apalsi wins Best Performing Chief Director Award. All right, moving online. Government is eyeing 750 million CDs with new EVAC policy. Mm. Also, four students of Bogatanga Tech arrested after the riot. We will restore power to Krobo land after safety and network issues are addressed. This is the ECG. And as you read, Zoe Embassy Church founder and wife accused of money laundering granted 23 million CDs. And of course, the main story, Nanado nominates Lariba as gender minister designate or thing as deputy. Major Online leads with a different story. Some Burkina drink contains cancer-causing substance. This is a UG research. Also, how student allegedly murdered Canadian boyfriend in cold blood at Shalibutri. And then Ghanaians eulogize, eulogize actor Prince Yosin, a.k.a. Wache, and then help train critical te- thinking teachers. Oduchum tells colleges of education. Meanwhile, the impasse with tanker drivers is going on. LPG minorities telling government to help resolve the impasse to curb the LPG shortage, which is becoming a problem. Star FM is talking about a Japanese romance scammer arrested in Ghana, said to be removed. Also, return party assets, MPP to former executives. And then there's a very serious story. Ambulance transport fees used as funeral contributions and for buying microwave ovens. A black is alleging. And then the NCA says Vodafone sale does not meet regulatory threshold for approval. The GN is leading with the story on the minister-designate. But there's also one here. Local airline ticket prices up. Yes. Passengers yes. are not happy. Yes. And then Piak is urging district assemblies to ensure effective utilization of petroleum revenues. Then if you go to the Ghana report, the, designate, the minister designate Larry Babudu on almost every front page this morning. ECG blackout, uh, justifies blackout in Krobo areas and LPG shortage hits Ghana over gas tanker strike. The BBC is talking about China, US, all the issues around Taiwan. Pelosi meets Taiwan's Tsai to Beijing's fury. And China hits back over the visit. So this is getting serious. Let's keep an eye on that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, websites like Al Jazeera have given a whole timeline. Pelosi assures Taiwan of support as China holds military drills. <laughs> we haven't finished resolving Ukraine. They are doing Taiwan on top. Maybe we should just pray that all these things end peacefully. Let's start with the, le- the main story here. Yes, the gender ministry has yes. a new um, boss. A new nominee. A, a new nominee, sorry. Mm. Now, the president has appointed the deputy minister of gender, G- uh, children, and social protection, Laiba Zuera Abudu, as minister designate for the ministry. According to a statement signed and issued in Accra yesterday by Eugenahin, Director of Communications at the Office of the President, the appointment was in accordance with Article 78 of the Constitution. It said the appointment of Madame Abudu, who is also the MP for Waliwale, was subject to the approval of Parliament. The statement noted that pursuant to Article 79 of the Constitution, 
President Ekufado also nominated Francisca Oting Mensa, member of parliament for Kwabre East, as deputy minister designate for gender, children, and social protection, and also said her appointment was subject to approval of parliament. So that's a big story which almost every paper has this morning. Yes. And so I'm sure if there are more details, we'll bring them to you. Okay, let me take you to education now. Yes, the Bogatanga issue. Bogatanga and, and Boku Adam Technical Institute closed down. Mm. The Bogatanga Technical Institute was yesterday temporarily closed down following violent protests by some students of the school. Mm. The protesters made up of final year students who are taking part in the ongoing WASA examination and second year students, numbering 1,461, mm. were asked to vacate the school by 4 p.m. Mm. Uh, however, the final year students would be allowed to come to the campus when they have a paper to write and immediately leave after writing their respective papers, an arrangement will, which will remain till the end of the exam. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the principal of the school, Zachary Yorose, he told the Daily Graphic that four students and two teachers, a national service person and the head of the engineering department, were picked up by officials of the National Intelligence Bureau for indulging in examination malpractice. Mm-hmm. He alleged that some final year students connived with two second year students who had the mathematics paper that was written last Monday, mm. August 1, 2022, on their phones, which they solved for the final year students. Mm. He stated that the final year students then came out regularly under the guise of going to use the washroom to sneak out to look at the answers and return to the examination hall with the answers to write them in the answer booklet. He added that officials of the NIB got wind of the more practice and stormed the school to arrest the two second year students who mentioned the two teachers and they were all rounded up and sent to the offices of the NIB for questioning. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, the invigilator stamped the authority and decided not to allow students to come out, which angered students and led to this particular mm-hmm. protest. Now, on the Boko incident, uh, information gathered indicates that a similar incident occurred uh, where final year students also vandalized school properties after uh, over what they called strict invigilation by their teachers mm-hmm. while writing the core mathematics paper last Sunday. Why are you protesting over I this? I don't really understand what is wrong what, with what, some what of our this? students. <laughs> it's almost like they are, they are entitled to misbehave. I uh, think the authorities have done what they have to do. So, And you know, sometimes when people are misbehaving and you, the other students, don't stop them. All of us suffer. This is what we learned in secondary school. So that's the story from Boko. Now, the other issue is Krobo issues. Yes, I have that as well. Yes. On page 16 of the Daily Graphic. Mm-hmm. So the chiefs and people of Yilo Krobo in the Eastern Region have appealed to the electricity company of Ghana to restore power supply to the area to save businesses and economic activities from collapse. Mm-hmm. Since July 27, 2022, the area has been without electricity due to the decision of the ECG mm-hmm. to cut power to the area following actions by a section of the people not to allow the company to replace their postpaid meters with prepaid ones. Now, this was addressed by Nene Anyanogute Ago. Yes, he is the divisional chief of Okwe. Mm-hmm. He spoke on this matter. He said, quote, we want to state categorically and emphatically that no citizen of Ilokobo has on record ever resisted or confronted or obstructed the ECG in this line of duty since the company started the prepaid meter installation exercise some few weeks ago. Well, we have an update here. We will restore power to Krobo land after safety and network issues are addressed. So yesterday on Eyewitness News, Selom Adonu spoke to Sechiwa Mensa, who is the PRO for the Tema region. And she explained that the company had been left with no other option than to cut power as a way of pre- as a precaution to give the given the incidents of fiber cuts tampering with their transformers and attack on their staff basically they're saying that uh, there's been interference in the network and they are not sure of the integrity of the network and therefore if they are not able to provide safe power they will not provide power at all so i think she was inferring that people were connecting directly to the transformers which was going to endanger the whole system and basically says that they are bringing finality to the matter after some meeting so we'll keep an eye on the crobo story if we go to page five of the finder uh, there's a story the national after policy framework and action plan launched 
Now, the government has outlined interventions geared towards the harmonization of existing laws, programs, policies, and regulations to boost Ghana's trade with Africa under the African Continental Free Trade Agreement after. Mm -hmm. The interventions were highlighted in the National After Policy Framework and Action Plan Mm. that provided policy prescriptions and strategic objectives with a focus on trade facilitation, trade policy, infrastructure, enhancing productive capacity, trade information, market integration, Mm -hmm. and finance. The Um. document was put together by the AFTER Interministerial Committee, the National AFTER Steering Committee, and seven technical working groups. Mm. Um, And it was launched yesterday. Uh, the information minister was there. He launched it on behalf, behalf of, the, of president. the president. Now, LPG Shorty hits Ghana of a gas tanker driver strike. That's a big story in the Ghana report. It says liquefied petroleum gas customers in some parts of the country are stranded at gas stations and are unable to get the commodity due to the strike by the Ghana National Petroleum Tanker Drivers Union. Now, the details of the story are given. Then the minority has urged the government to resolve the impasse to help curb the shortage. Statement signed by John Jenapo, who's the a uh, ranking member of the Mines Energy Committee said government must, as a matter of agency, do everything possible to resolve the impasse, which has the potential of resulting in a major crisis for the economy. Okay, page nine of the finder, there are two uh, financial crime stories. Mm-hmm. One, Pastor Cobri and wife over in court over 23 million CD fraud. Pastor Kelvin Kwesi Cobri, now known as Kelvin Elson Gotson, founder of Zoe Outreach Embassy Church in Accra, and Takwa and his wife Sabina Elson Gotson have been put before an Accra High Court for allegedly collecting over 23 million CDs from 875 customers, including church members, to invest in real estate and other investments. Charged with 41 counts of conspiracy to defraud, defrauding by false pretenses and money laundering, Pastor Kobri and his wife have pleaded not guilty to the charges. The other story says... Mm-hmm. Court orders arrest of SIC staff for causing 332,000 CD loss to the state. Wow. Now, a bench warrant has been issued by an Accra Circuit Court mm. for the arrest of a senior officer of the state insurance company mm-hmm. who, who allegedly willfully caused a loss of 334,114 CDs to the state. Mm. Hillary Kwesi Senanu who oversaw the institutional payment at SIC was absent. Mm. One is accomplices, Martha Siao. Priscilla Tele Annan um, and Clifford Emmanuel Kukubo mm. were arraigned on August 1 um, in court. Let All me right. give you two quick stories. Bernard mm. Ruff from the Republic Press. Local airline ticket prices up. Mm. Uh, prices of local airline tickets have shot up by between 15 and 20 percent, mm. prompting recession fears among local operators following a gradual drop in patronage. Mm. The new prices, which took effect from July 8, was in response to a rise in operational cost occasioned by the depreciation of the CD against the dollar mm. and increment in aviation fuel prices. Now, this is a GNA report. Mm-hmm. Now, domestic airline operators said the cost of op- their cost of operation had doubled since the beginning of the year and that an upward adjustment in airfares was necessary to sustain their business. I, now, think, the that, I think the government should support domestic airlines, airlines yes. because yeah, we keep. want to diversify our transportation mm-hmm. and the domestic airlines are safer. Mm-hmm. play a critical role in that mix. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if aviation fuel is going up, I think there should be some subsidy at some point or mm-hmm. some arrangement to allow the airlines to survive. It's very mm-hmm. important. Well, speaking of uh, tariffs, mm-hmm. let's go to page 13 of the daily graphic. Yep. Utility tariffs are expected to go up next week, mm-hmm. the first since 2017. Mm-hmm. Once announced, the tariffs are expected to come into effect on September 1 mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. This comes after the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission had carried out nationwide consultations on proposals it received from the utility 
companies. While the Ghana Water Company Limited proposed a 300% increment of ice existing tariffs, mm-hmm. ECG proposed 148%, VRA 37%, Great Co. 48%. Let me come to... Okay, continue. Yes, I wanted that, to give you some ambulance story. Okay, just a quick one from mm-hmm. uh, Kumasi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story says, unrepented ECG imposter sins again. Mm. Now, the Ashanti Regional Branch of the ECG mm. has arrested an imposter who once paraded himself as a staff of the company mm. and thus extorted monies from unsuspecting customers for the same offense. He doesn't understand go and sin no more. Now, he was arrested on June 11 for mm-hmm. parading himself as staff of the company and extorted monies from customers Customers mm-hmm. in a bit to help them solve their electricity or meter problems, mm-hmm. and then he went on to do a similar thing. And um, he clearly has not yes, seen the light. Yes, he was arrested. Now, there's a very troubling story here that is attributed to Okujetua Blackwa mm-hmm. that the ambulance uh, charges, ambulance, um, what, what do you call it, ambulance transport fees are used as funeral contribution for buying microwave stories. It's on Star FM. It says the MP for Norton has said money is collected by the National Ambulance Service as fuel have been channeled to other uses such as funeral donations. Now, he got wind of the development from the Special Performance Audit of the Auditor General on Fleet Management on the Ambulance Service submitted to MPs described as MPs and he described the situation as scandalous. Now, the report reveals that a shocking 50% of the payments by citizens as demanded by staff of the National Ambulance Service for fuel are not used to buy fuel. Instead, those collections are scandalously diverted for discretionary items such as staff funeral support, buying microwave ovens, stationary detergents, cost of photocopies, and paying for motivation of staff. Now, this is the second major outrage that has uh, hit the ambulance service. Remember in January, there was outrage when the a pregnant woman who was being transported from Fijai to, in Takradi to Kolebu uh, died following complications of a cesarean section. Now, Mr. Black has stated that the payments are illegal, quoting Section 331 of the National Ambulance Service Act. And I'm sure with Parliament having the report, they'll probably summon the uh, leadership of the ambulance service again to discuss these matters. Now, let's talk about power issues. ASEP is asking for competitive bidding in the Ameri Power Plant relocation mm-hmm. contract. Yes, well, if you go to the front page of the Herald, they're a bit more direct. They're mm-hmm. saying that ASEP is accusing the Energy Ministry of inflating the relocation job by $10 million. Mm-hmm. According to the, uh, the think tank, they have disclosed seeing documents in which the Energy Minister cost $35 million as the cost of the relocation, mm-hmm. although the great company had in this proposal put before the ministry $25 million for the same job. Meanwhile, this Vodafone issue is also... Yes. What is let the NCO saying about that? That story, mm-hmm. uh, it's on the... It's, you'll find it in the Daily Analyst. Mm-hmm. And on page three, mm-hmm. the National Communications Authority has denied media reports that it was deliberately impeding the sale of Vodafone to Telesel. Hmm. The NC however pointed out that the transaction does not meet the regulatory threshold for approval to be granted. Um, according to the NCA, in accordance with due process, the authority evaluated the application on various criteria and engaged both Vodafone and Telesel Group. Mm-hmm. After a critical regulatory review and evaluation, the NCA concluded that the request did not meet the regulatory threshold for approval to be granted. We'll keep an eye on that story. Let's come to the Crusading Guide. Well, the Crusading Guide has a very interesting story mm. that uh, talks about the Tema PSC, the PSC Tema Shipyard. Mm-hmm. Now, reports, the story says, reports that the CEO of PSC Tema Shipyard, Dr. Alexander Dusey, mm-hmm. has declined directed by the TUC and the Sector Minister of Transport to reinstate some 10 suspended and 2 dismissed workers of the yard has set the tone for what appears to be a collision course Hmm. between the CEO 
and the ministry. Ooh. The new crusading guide scout hmm. at the shipyard last Monday disclosed that when the TUC and the sector minister called on Dr. Duse in his mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. Um, in an attempt to resolve the impasse between him and the workers, the CEO made demands, chiefly amongst which was that the suspended workers had made some allegations about him and that unless they rendered an open apology, he would not reinstate any of them. Meanwhile, water producers are rejecting reports of uh, fecal contamination in sachet water. The National Association has rejected a report by the Ghana Statistical Service indicating that 34% of sources used for the production of sachet water are contaminated with fecal matter. According to the association, all production centers of water are rigorously monitored by the FDA to ensure that water sold on the market is of standard quality. You should just go and prove that thing and stop. Mm. Let's end with one quick final international one. Yeah, Nigeria has updated the, uh, its voters register mm. with 10.5 million names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have a presidential vote next February. Mm-hmm. So that's the latest update coming from there. All right. Thank you very much. And U.S. and China are doing their thing over Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Nancy Pelosi China. is assuring Taiwan of support as China hosts military drills. North Korea is denouncing Pelosi's Taiwan visit. We don't want anything to happen to Taiwan by force, according to Pelosi. All of us are saying, guys, we haven't finished chill, Ukraine. Chill. We don't want another one. So the Commonwealth Games won't get a medal. We will. We were celebrating a goal. Ghana celebrated scoring a goal. We'll win in a, a relay. goal. We'll win a relay. A goal. One goal in the one goal. Hockey, one in the game, we lost 8 1. We celebrated that goal like we had won a medal. But 8 1 is better than 8 0. Hey, Bernard. Sure. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. It's a minute to 7 o'clock. City Business News coming up shortly. Your OMC of choice, Gold, makes life ever so convenient. We now accept Momo for all your Gold purchases. Remember to Momo it at Goel. You can also use your bank card that uh, all bank cards to buy fuel at Goel. Drive to your nearest Gold station now, buy your fuel and pay by Momo bank card or Go card. Visit our social media platforms for more information. Goil, good energy. MTM wants you to know that you can still bring some life to your collar ringtone back with some of our favorite music. If you enjoy high life hip hop, hip life or gospel, simply dial star one three five five hash. Choose from a wide range of music options, and that's it. Everyone who calls you listens and dances to your favorite music too. Get a dope collar ring back tone today and enjoy life only on MTN. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. The news is also brought to us by Enterprise Life. Enterprise, your advantage. Vivian Carlo is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Let's start with the telecom industry because the National Communications Authority has denied an application by the Vodafone Group to transfer 70% majority shares in Vodafone Ghana to the Telecel Group. The NCA in a press release yesterday explained that the application did not meet the regulatory threshold for the approval to be granted. Yeah, excerpts of the statement. 2022, the NCA received an application for the transfer of 70% majority shares in Ghana Telecommunications Company Limited, Vodafone Ghana, from Vodafone International Holdings BV to the Telecell Group. 
In accordance with due process, the authority evaluated the application on various criteria and engaged both Vodafone and Telesel Group. After a critical regulatory review and evaluation, the NCA concluded that the request did not meet the regulatory threshold for approval to be granted. Those were excerpts of a statement by the National Communications Authority, read by Shika Caesar. Meanwhile, telecoms expert Fouad Chalabi is urging the government to quickly put in place measures to restore investor confidence in the telecom industry. There's more in this report. Vodafone Ghana, formerly Ghana Telecom, is Ghana's largest telecommunications company. The company operates under British company Vodafone Group. On 3rd July 2008, Vodafone Group PLC entered the Ghanaian market when it acquired a stake of the then Ghana Telecommunications Company for $900 million at a total enterprise value of approximately $1.3 billion. After the transaction closed, Vodafone had a 70% stake in the company, while the Ghanaian government retained a 30% stake. After working within the Ghanaian market for close to 14 years, the Vodafone Group last week announced its intention to exit Ghana's telecoms market to enable the service provider refocus on its key markets. According to Bloomberg, the British telecommunications giant has agreed to offload 70% of its stake in Ghana's operation to Africa-focused telecoms company Telsol Group, subject to regulatory approval by the government of Ghana through the Ministry of Communications. Founded in 1986, Telcel Global operates in more than 30 countries. The company has a history of growth through acquisitions, having struck deals in Liberia, Mauritania, and Zimbabwe in recent years. But what does this move mean for the Ghanaian telecommunications industry? Telcom's expert Fuad Chalabi throws more light on the issue. I think the impact was supposed to happen when Vodafone came into the market because it is the same size of player. And today, if, if a sizable a player is coming to compete with MTN, then you can say like, okay, they will bring new things they will do. But definitely, maybe their main business is not into, into the subscriber mobile operator. Maybe they have more plans than like acquiring the subscriber. And, and maybe it is a good boost to try their existing business because where they are operating today in terms of mobile operator, it is not that volume. So I hope that they have a plan to provide services that is, does not exist. He further explains what impacts the move will have on Vodafone's mobile subscribers. I, know, I, I don't think there is anything to, 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 to worry about, in fact, because like in that field, it's business as usual. And today, subscribers, they have options because there has been a lot of platform that has been provided uh, thanks to the NCA. For Achalabi ending that report, now government is seeking to raise 750 million cities following the passage of the value-added tax amendment bill, which introduces the EVAT policy. The tax measure broadens the scope of the existing laws to cover electronic comments, provide for the electronic issuance of a tax invoice, upfront payment of value-added tax by an unregistered importer and the zero rating of the supply of locally assembled vehicles. A report of the Finance Committee of Parliament indicates that the EVAT policy addresses issues of inequalities and compliance in the payment of tax. Here's the Finance Minister, Ken Oferata, speaking about the EVAT tax policy, which will be implemented from the 1st of October. EVAT, the digitalization of our revenue mobilization processes, remain a key focus. Therefore, the GRA is finalizing all relevant processes to facilitate the effective collection 
of VAT revenue. This includes a proposed amendment of the Value-Added Tax Act 870 to enable its electronic collection effective 1st October 2022. Finance Minister Ken Oforata. Now, the LPG Marketers Association of Ghana has refuted claims that it is against the cylinder recirculation model. This comes at a time when LPG retailers across the country are currently on strike over some concerns raised with the policy. The cylinder recirculation model was introduced by the government to prevent the reoccurrence of accidents at LPG refilling stations like that of the Atomic Junction explosion in 2017. Michael Obodu has more. The LPG Marketers Association of Ghana, while clarifying its position on the cylinder recirculation model, says it objects to some decisions taken by the government since the inception of the program. Works were halted on new sites of its members, even though they had acquired the needed license to do so. This, they lament, has collectively cost them over $10 million. The LPG marketers alongside the Ghana National Tanker Drivers Association are currently on strike across the country over these concerns, a move which has left many consumers stranded at the pumps. President of the LPG Marketers Association of Ghana, Gabriel Kumi, stressed that efforts must be made to ensure cohesion amongst industry players. We have no problem with cylinder recirculation. It should come. We cooperated fully with MPA to do piloting of cylinder recirculation. We gave out our station for MPA to use to do pilot. So we are not afraid of cylinder recirculation. The only problem at the time was that the way it was being introduced in 2017-2018 was wrong. You have a system that has been in existence for 25 years. Okay, the introduction of cylinder recirculation, you are not introducing a new industry in Ghana. You are only trying to introduce, adopt a new strategy to an existing industry. This is an industry that employs over 7,000 Ghanaians. A lot of investment has gone down the drain. So if you are coming up with a new strategy, it's just fair that you take your time, rope the current guys in properly, let them be the ones to drive your policy. But that is not what we saw in 2017-2018. So I speak to you now, we don't know. You see, that, that is where I even have a problem with the media. In 2018-2017, we were piloting cylinder recirculation all over. Have you gone back to find out what has happened to those pilots? What is happening to cylinder recirculation? We don't have a problem. If this is government policy, we have no problem. You don't destroy an existing system just because you intend to introduce a new one. That was the president of the LPG Marketers Association of Ghana, Gabriel Kumi, ending that report by Michael Obudu. Meanwhile, ranking member of the Energy and Mines Committee of Parliament, John Jinapo, is calling for a review of the cylinder recirculation model, adding that efforts must be made to improve safety at LPG stations so as to prevent another explosion. If something is working progress, it's not emergency. It's not urgent. Do you give your other stakeholders two hours for a meeting? I know you are probing the issue. But let's face it, we're all Ghanaians. Let's learn to do the right thing. Let's learn from this mistake so that all of us, especially those of us who implement and formulate policy, can learn from this mistake and ensure that we do not have a repeat. This is part. But going forward, we shouldn't behave that way because it's not good and it doesn't help this country. I hold the view that we can review this policy this with the LPG Marketers Association, and tighten the safety network and the safety protocol. You cannot have 100% foolproof accident. But at least we can tighten the system and ensure that we reduce the potential of accidents to the lowest minimum 
possible bearable level. So we are waiting for cabinet. We're giving them ultimatum. If by Friday we do not have any positive response from government and cabinet, a minority as usual would escalate this matter to another level. Ranking member of the Energy and Mines Committee of Parliament, John Ginapo, has now joined Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for part one of the topic, Tips on How to Handle the Bear Market. A bear market is an extended period where the performance of the stock market is negative. While it's tough to see a bear market coming, the big question for investors is what can you do to help you better respond to a bear market? There are five tips Data Bank would like to recommend. Today, we will look at the first two. Number one, keep focused on the long term. As we have said many times, the market goes up and down all the time. It's a normal part of the cycle. If you are saving for a long-term goal in a well-diversified portfolio that meets your needs, then you might be better off tuning out the noise and letting the cycle run its course. Number two is be diversified. Make sure your portfolio is diversified. In other words, it should contain a mix of equity and fixed income investments as they behave differently depending on the market cycle that we're in. While a bear market can still affect your investments, diversification can help reduce the effects of a market downturn. You do not need to be afraid of bear markets. The key to investing wisely is to be an informed investor. Jelanam of Data Bank. Well, that's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, brought to you by MTN Goyle and Enterprise Life, also powered by CityBusinessNews.com. My name is Vivian Kai Loco. Do have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Next is kickoff brought to you by the Sheho. If you've not updated your records yet, do so now. Visiting the Sheho branch to update your records with your Ghana card to enable us to serve you better and faster. You can also WhatsApp us on 0574 065958 or call 0302 208333. Joining us, 
the news bulletin. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Let's get into the headlines. And Ghana's Richard Comey slated to fight Jose Pedraza uh, of Puerto Rico on August 27th. Black princesses arrive in Costa Rica for women's under 20 World Cup and Liberty professionals optimistic ahead of the Ghana Premier League promotion playoff. Let's start off with some boxing and Ghana's Richard Comey will face Puerto Rico's Jose Pedraza in a junior welterweight fight on August 27 in the United States of America. The former IBF lightweight champion has been working his way back to the top after losing his title to Teofimo Lopez in 2019. Now, Comey went on to beat Jackson Mariners before a unanimous decision lost to Ukrainian uh, Vasil Lomachenko. Now, IBF and WBO lightweight welter, uh, light welterweight champion Josh Taylor will be moving up in weight, hence his titles set to become vacant in a few months. Now, the winner of Comey versus Pedraza will put themselves in pole position to contest the vacant titles. Let's do some women's football. And Ghana's Black Princesses have arrived in San Jose, Costa Rica for the 2022 Under-20 Women's World Cup. Now, 23 ladies have officially been selected for the tournament, including Captain Evelyn Bedou, Mukarama Abdullah, Doris Boudoua, among others. Now, the Under-20 Women's World Cup kicks off in Costa Rica on the 10th of August, 2022. And Ghana will take on the United States uh, on the... 11th of August before facing the Netherlands and also Japan. Now the team is looking to progress to the knockout stage of the competition for the first time in six tries. Let's hear from Ben Foucault who is head coach of the team after they arrived. We think that the girls are responding to Trino right. Yeah. They are picking up gradually after the friends game because uh, the tempo of the game is totally different from what we were expecting. But now we've seen themselves after uh, recovering to these sessions also. You can see that the players are picking up very uh, uh, quickly and uh, uh, making sure that they, they get their strength up to the level of the competition they are going. Injury to so far, we haven't expected uh, any injury. We haven't expected uh, any injury again uh, from the girls, thinking that the two days, two days training has shown so many things about their fitness and all those things for uh, ready for the tournament itself. Although we have another game in Costa Rica, which will also be the last game for us before we go to the other competition. We hope that we don't expect any injury during the training session before that game so that we all have to make sure that our strength and every fitness level will be the way we want it before we go to the, the actual game. Ben Foucault is the head coach of Ghana's Black Princesses. Let's move on to some other stuff in Portuguese football. Journalist Sam Fonseca has described Ghanaian youngster Abdul Fatal Isahaku as a gem and expects him to break into first-team action at Sports in Lisbon in no time. Now, Isahaku has been sent to the club's B team by the technical team to aid his development after he joined the club earlier in April this year. Fonseca believes that Isahaku's move to the B team will not be permanent. Record, who is one of the biggest newspapers in Portugal, and for me personally, and sporting fans personally, Record is like the number one source for sporting sporting news. And they said that Amarim, they, he's called him a diamond. That that's what he is, the sporting's diamond to sort of carve and, and to make into a better player. And that Amarim really does like him and is keeping an eye on him. So if he does play for the B team, I don't think he'll be playing there too often. I think he will get his burn in pre-season. 
especially uh, sorry in the main season, especially now. Um, like I said, he's been playing at left back. We've just got rid of Vinagre to Everton. That opens up another spot. Maybe that's where he's going to come in and play and get some minutes. Maybe we're putting another winger back to left back and playing um, playing him up top. So I think it is expected, but I think it won't be for for, for a permanent this season. We're definitely going to see more of him, especially. It's a long season. We've got Champions League. We've got two domestic competitions in the Tasa de Liga, Tasa de Portugal, and of course, just the league in general. Not to mention the World Cup coming up and all those international fixtures. It's going to be a long season, one that we've never sort of seen, and the players have never had sort of the, the fatigue levels they're going to have. So I think there's going to be so much rotation, and that's where, where he's really going to. Sh- well, you heard Portuguese journalist Sam Fonseca speaking there. Let's move on to some other stuff. And management member for Liberty Professionals Football Club, Godfrey Akotobuafo, says the club is in good spirits and looking forward to the GFA's promotion playoff tournament being organized to determine which team replaces demoted as gold. The mini league will see the Dansoman based club take on the Busuar Dwarfs in the opening game at their Craftsport Stadium on Thursday. Now, according to Akotobuafo, they are looking to make use of this opportunity. Well, we feel it's another opportunity and we came really, really close to an immediate bounce to the Premier League, uh, a young team that not too many expected much from, but exceeded expectation. And um, this is one that they are looking forward to. Uh, they've been preparing for some time. And uh, I'm sure come Thursday through to Monday, we will see the outcome of that preparation. Now, he also added that the club has ha- has held special preparation sessions due to the impromptu nature of the mini-league. Well, um, the announcement came out of the blue, so we had to obviously recall the players because um, the GFA gave a timetable for when players could be recalled. And this came a whole nine days before the official return date. And so we had to go through a process where we recalled all the players and then prepare a very quick plan because, you know, once players leave camp uh, from a regular season uh, and they go home on break, they do all kinds of things. So you're not too clear about their fitness levels they're not too clear about health. Um, so we've had to rush things along to get them into some kind of playing form um, because this will be a very intense affair, both emotionally and physically. So we, we've had to do a few unusual things at training, but we hope that um, they'll be effective. So you had management member for Liberty Professionals, Godfrey Akotobuafu, speaking there. Let's move on to some foreign stuff. And Chelsea have held talks with RB Leipzig about forward Timo Werner returning to the Bundesliga club on loan. The 26-year-old German international left Leipzig to join Chelsea in 2020 but has struggled to make his mark, scoring 10 goals in 56 Premier League appearances. Now Chelsea have boasted their attack with Raheem Sterling joining for Manchester City last month, although Romelu Lukaku has left on loan. However, Werner salary could be an obstacle in the way of any move happening. More transfer news in Leicester. They have rejected a second offer from Newcastle for midfielder James Madison with the latest proposal made at just over £40 million. Now, the Magpies saw their opening £40 million bid rejected at the weekend and the latest offer was understood to be over that figure. More transfer news this time from the camp of Chelsea and they have reached an agreement to sign Aston Villa teenager Kane Chuku Emeka for £20 million. The 18-year-old midfielder was left out of Villa's pre-season tour to Australia after refusing to sign a new contract which expires next month. 
Now Chukwe Mecca, who starred for England in their under-19 European Championship triumph last month, made 12 Premier League appearances for Villa last season. He would become Chelsea's third signing of the summer. Now La Liga giants Barcelona, Serie A champions AC Milan and Bundesliga side Borussia Dortmund were all linked to the youngster. So Chukwe Mecca uh, is expected to discuss personal terms and also undergo a medical very, very soon. To the camp of Liverpool we go. And forward Diego Jota has signed a new contract, keeping him at the club until 2027. The 25-year-old Portugal international has scored 34 goals in 85 games since joining from Wolves in 2020 for £41 million. Now, he scored 21 goals last season as Liverpool won the FA Cup and EFL Cup and finished as runners-up in the Premier League and Champions League. Well, really proud, I have to say, obviously, uh, since I arrived two years ago, established myself as an important player in this team. That's what I, I wanted from the beginning. And now signing uh, a new long-term deal, it's obviously, from the close perspective, a proof of uh, belief in, in myself as a player. And for me, obviously, really good to establish. No, I'll be here for a while. So, beginning of the new season, uh, let's do it. I think uh, Liverpool at the moment, uh, one of the best, if not uh, the best, we are close Last year of winning a Champions League, it's a thing that all the players want. Hopefully we can uh, give it a good go this year again. Uh, it's hard to, when you fight for everything like we did last year, you just want to do it again and to do it better because it's possible. And uh, so that drive is in me and I know it's in uh, my teammates and in all the staff. So. Liverpool forward Diego Jota speaking there after signing his new contract. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lesejo. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3.
734 Groove it with Kojo Entry. Today being the third day of August. A few quick comments coming through. Bella, good morning. Something is going on at the passport office, which is reversing all the gains made with the automation of public services. The staff claim that the office has run out of passport booklets. Yet they are unofficially charging between 400 and 700 per booklet to print for people willing to pay. I've attached my boy's slip as reference. He completed the online process including his biometrics in January 2022. But as I type this piece, he is yet to receive his passport. It seems people are sabotaging the system for their personal and selfish interests. Can you... Uh, use your platform to follow up on this. Alright, so I'm not going to mention this person's name for uh, security reasons. But I, I want to find out, is this something that is uh, strange to listeners or is this a, something that is, um, how do I put it? Is this an experience you can relate with? I'm going to read the message again. I got this message quite early this morning. And he says, Bernard, something is going on at the passport office which is reversing all the gains made with the automation of some public services. The staff with passport booklets, yet the very staff are unofficially charging between 400 and 700 CDs per booklet to print for people who are willing to pay. I've attached my boy's slip as reference. He completed the online process, including his biometrics, in January this year. But as I type this piece, he is yet to receive his passport. It seems some people are sabotaging the system for their personal and selfish interest. Could you gentlemen use your platform to follow up on this? Thank you. Bernard, so, so this is not strange. Mm. This is not strange at all. I've had people tell me mm-hmm. unofficially, sometimes by word of mouth. But last week, a friend of mine also sent me the same story what that was her husband mm-hmm. had gone to the passport office. He was asked to come uh, for the biometrics to be taken on the 30th of May. Mm-hmm. Now, he was told there were no booklets because he had been waiting for his passport for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, And um, he spoke to somebody there and the person told him, on the side that he could get it for him um, 
the next day or a few days after mm-hmm. if he were if he, if he was willing to part with 300 or so cities mm-hmm. you know so so you have these things happening a few people have reached how out far to, back did this oh this okay. i got this message last thursday okay so these are relatively new because you know the main story i have on the passport was when the foreign ministry temporarily suspended the issuance of 48 page passports yes. but it seems as if there's been some challenge with printing new booklets all right, send us a comment if you have a similar experience. 054-998-6996. Now, we've been focusing on the NIA for a while, but you, you, you've, you've understood the NIA's challenges have had to do with the pressure of getting the SIMs registered. So, away from the NIA and generally looking at places like the DVLA, the passport office and other agencies that are supposed to interface and provide service for you what has been the experience we want to hear your story in the meantime happy birthday greetings coming in this morning are plenty now i like this message he says um i pray to god for a good man with better character generous pocket loving heart good god-fearing spirit and attitude of determination and achievement god give me an embodiment of himself and named him matthew peprabwating Meeting you has been a life-transforming experience. You've made me better than I was and pushed me to understand that everything is possible with God and determination. As you ascend into the fourth floor, or as you ascend the fourth floor, may favor go ahead of you and miracles, signs, and wonders be a daily occurrence. Your daughter, Aye, is happy to have an amazing dad like you. Happy birthday, my love, from your wife, Prisla Priprabwating. And, and Godfrey, I don't know if you know him. He's an for And this is also coming in from his team at Springboard. The Big Four Zero is finally here. Happy birthday to Matthew Preprabwating, head of operations at Springboard, from your wife Prisla, your daughter Alberta, and from the entire Springboard family. I don't know if he's in your year group or the before you, Matthew Preprabwating, but he's he's in that that system. A couple of years in our in our area. Happy birthday to my lifetime love, my husband, king of our home, and love of my life, Michael Cobner Hansen. God has done great things in no, sorry, God has great things in store for you, my darling. May He continue to bless and guide and protect you. Uh, this is from your adoring wife, Kukui, and your children, Fifi, Kobe, Jojo, and Erefua. <laughs> what do you sent it innocently? This is what's here, like with the day in top, but yeah, like there's, yeah, there's nothing we can do, Michael. Happy birthday yeah, to you, so Michael. Mr. Hansen, Hansen, you're a big man. That's that, 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 that's, that's, the, that's the truth. Yeah. To Mrs. Victoria Matekwaku of the Star of the Sea Catholic Church, Dansoman, happy birthday to you. Please wish my senior most uncle Rojavule, formerly of Kofiria Lands Commission, a happy birthday. He's a regular listener of CTFM, coming from Prince Harry in Kofridia. Also wishing Nana Sewa Boating of Corporate Affairs Department of Zenith Bank a happy birthday. Coming from Nicholas Kofi, a.k.a. Pocho. Today is the birthday of Nana Afrasika Mensa, Deputy Coordinator of the Free SHS Secretariat. Madam, may the good Lord guide you in all you do. From Felix Beidu, Press Secretary, Ministry of Education. Also wishing a big happy birthday to our GM Kofi Okwampa Akoto. Who's the PRO of the Chartered Insurance Institute of Ghana and the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana? This is from the Akuto Risk Team. 
Ikakuto. <laughs> and to Apostle Professor Peter Ohiniche, former rector of Pentecost University, may God continue to bless you. We are proud to be called your sons from the Edu and Che families. And this is also coming in from uh, Leslie Adikotu, Odadie Kofi Okwava Akoto. Oh, Akoto risk. Charlie, you're a big man. You're a big man, Akoto. Good morning, Bernard. The passport office story is very true. I am being charged 1,600 cities for two children's passports. I can forward the message I was sent. Please let us know whether these stories are few and far between or whether this is regular. I have had one. I've read two stories. Nathan has read one as well. And if you can send us a voice note, it will even be better. Happy birthday to Togbe Daiga Kojo the 12th, the Paramount Chief of the Peki Traditional Area. Coming in, coming in from Koku Bansa. Togbe Daiga the 12th. Bernard, it's so true. I needed to get a new passport book because I had less than six months to expire and the airport would not let me fly out. I applied for an expedited service, which I paid for. Then after going through the whole process, I was told there are no booklets. So I was uh, made to pay 1,500 cities to get a new booklet because I couldn't wait for their so-called indefinite deadline. It's so true. You know what's troubling? Well, the passport office came up with a premium <coughs> service, uh-huh. which they made a lot of noise about. Uh-huh. They said it was going to stop the vexed experience of people queuing at 4 a.m. for passport. In fact, five years ago on this show, one of the big topics was people having to queue at 4 a.m. for passports. So when the passport office decided to bring in the, I think it was the VFS people, or that type of arrangement, they set up a new passport center at the Accra Digital Center. <coughs> you would go book an appointment and you go and take your biometrics. And I think a couple of people did it. It was very easy. It was very similar to the premium service at DVLA. Yeah. So how come people are I, I went through the process. It took me about three... It took about three weeks. You remember get, what you were supposed to do in that process? So you bust everything out. Mm-hmm. You are asked to bring some documentation. So you get the documentation together and take it there. Mm-hmm. If you want the regular service, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want the premium service. Of course, all of these options are when you are when you start the online process. So you mm-hmm. choose. Mm-hmm. If it's premium service, choose premium service. Mm-hmm. You are giving a date. You show up. You take your biometrics and that's it. So when you took your biometrics, how long did it take for you to... Sorry, so you, you did the online thing and they gave you a date for biometrics. Yes. After the biometrics, how long did it take you to get a passport? About three weeks. Three, three and a half Did weeks. they call you? Um, I was called. You were and called. Then, and then it was delivered here. Because when you fill out mm-hmm. the option, or when you fill out, when you do online and you choose the premium service, you, you are asked, where do you want it to be sent? You can provide a, a location. So they brought the passport to you? Yes, they brought it. You didn't to make me. any legal payment? No, I didn't. How long ago was this? Oh, this was when? was This was about... 20 was this COVID pre COVID or pre COVID? So 2019, about 2019, yes. So, how come now people are being asked? So, people are going for the premium service, yes, people but are. now they are being asked to pay to some people to get the booklet, yes. I think it also stems you, you read the story, and I think the foreign ministry put out a circular or memo, or so that was very public. That mm-hmm. when a press release that said they had run out of 48 page booklets, they, they could only give people the 32 page uh, booklets. You know. That statement came on the April 
11, I think. I have the story. April the 2nd. It was a statement that was signed by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration. April 1st, actually, this year. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration regrets to inform applicants for the 48 passport booklet that due to a surge in demand for these booklets and the continuing challenges with supply, with the supply chain, the passport office, until further notice, can only issue the now available 32-page booklets to all applicants who have requested for the 48-page booklets. The applicants who have applied for 48-page booklets do not need to submit another application for 32-page booklets. Uh, The conversion will be done at no further cost to such applicants. In the meantime, the ministry is taking appropriate steps to ensure that necessary refunds are made to qualified applicants in due course. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration reassures applicants for passports of the continuing commitment of the passport office to expeditious service and customer satisfaction. We thank the general public for the understanding, patience, and support during this exceptional period. All right. So this is not to say there are no booklets. There are no 48-page booklets. Now, those of you who are sending the message, did you apply for a 48-page booklet or you applied for a normal passport and you were being made to pay? Now, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is the ministry in charge of issuing passports. So if anybody is complaining about being charged extra money for passports, it falls squarely under the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration. Send me a voice note if you have a challenge or a complaint. We're going to deal with this matter later today. Our WhatsApp number is 054-0549986996. Obeko banka koton krata sin sain. Uyabeto santini if you are not nyumbre. So that's our first focus for the day. Later in the morning, I'll go to the Dominican constituency. Now that a new gender minister has been uh, named for uh, vetting, there's a quick snap poll that uh, Info Analytics did. And the results are pretty interesting. So apparently, if a by election were held today, <laughs> surprise, surprise, the NDC candidate was going to win. Really? I'm telling you. We'll discuss that report later on. But it's a very interesting race, depending on whether Mrs. Adras Safo decides to go independent or not. But I'll bring you that, that report later in the morning. But for now, I'm focused on not just passports. Now, this is what I want to do. Government service provision. Government service provision. You know, I've noticed the trend. Whether it's um, national ID card, whether it's driver's license or passport. Four or five years ago, it was very chaotic. So somebody came up with a smart idea of a premium service mm. where people who didn't want all the hassle would pay extra and be given service in the comfort of their home. So I visited a DVLA recently. Somebody had um, obtained a driver's license and then they were supposed to go for it for the pre- premium center or a renewal of some kind. They went to the premium center. In 10 minutes, they got it. Now, two things are happening. It looks to me as though in some cases, the people who are non-premium are being treated poorly. But in other cases, like the passport office, even those who are paying premium are struggling because of the shortage. And officials are using the high demand and low supply to shortchange people. We want to hear from you on any of these, whether it's DVLA or passport. We want to hear from you. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 054-998-6996. In the meantime, quick announcement from Farm Milk. Well, the public wanted us to hear and we've listened. We've reduced our price and it's now one CD for your fun choco, your fun yogo, 
and your fun veil or fun vanilla. So the three main products, fun yogurt, fun choco, and fun vanilla, have been reduced to one CD only. We're part of our heritage in Ghana, spanning over half a century. We provide affordable, quality, and nutritious, delicious on the go refreshment to cherish customers. Call Farm Milk on 0204-312-932 for more information. At Suno Assurances, we know everyone is unique. Whether you want to give your family peace of mind or get your best at work or fulfill your potential in business, we have probably years of experience. An enviable track record give you the right product made exactly to cater for your insurance needs so whether it's motor or travel whether it's household or marine you can have the best insurance service on offer you pick your way we take the risk call 055-257-1980 that's 055-257-1980 soon assurances insurance our business Good morning, Bernardo. It's the premium service that I paid for. The problem is that you do all that and they will tell you there are no booklets. So you have no other option than to pay for the booklets. Now, what I don't understand, if there's no booklet, why does a payment quickly resurrect the booklet? Is the minister aware of this? We'll deal with this shortly. Now, some institutions have, uh, actually GCB, I should say, your largest bank is rewarding customers who activate their inactive account this season. And from now to the end of October, we're inviting you to activate your inactive account if it's been inactive for over two years. We have a 50 CD reward for those who do so with 100 CDs or more. You can do this online or using uh, or visiting a branch. You may also call 0302-681-531 or call toll-free 0800-422-422. GCB, your bank for life. And Samsung is giving you a deal you can't refuse. We will pay half the price and you pay the remaining half for a brand new 32, 40 or 43 inch LED smart TV. So pay 1299 CDs and grab a Samsung 32 satellite TV, 1899 for a 32 inch smart LED, 2299 for 40 inch and 3299 for 43 inch smart TV. Offer is on till 14th August. It's a once in a while special sale offer. Visit your us with your half payment and walk away with your, your choice. So you can visit Electroland Ghana Limited, any of our showrooms, to benefit from the Samsung Half Price promo. I'm sure there are more comments on the passport situation. <clears throat> oh yeah, there are so many, so many comments. Sorry. Um, the issue concerning passport booklets is true. I completed my husband's online application for him two months ago, and he was supposed to receive his booklet in or passport in July. They said there were no booklets, and that we had to pay 400 CDs to get it printed instantly. Who said? <coughs> Who said? Who said? That's the question we have to answer. Mm, all right. Um, Bernard, I can com- I, uh, confirm the passport issue. I was due to collect my passport two months ago, but as of now, it hasn't even been approved to be printed. Hmm. Um, the issue uh, happened to me. I received my booklet two weeks ago. Prior to that, I was told they had run out of booklets, but I went back in the name of a politician friend 
Uh, I went back in the name of a politician friend and I had my passport in two days. Tell us where you are going. Are you going to the premium center or the normal center? And who tells you these things? Do you meet some guru boy outside or you meet the, is it, is it, is it the official sitting at the counter who tells you that if you pay extra? Because this is scandalous <laughs> that there is a shortage of passport booklets and people claim they are being told that if they paid extra, they will get the booklets. And actually when they pay, they get, do you get a receipt if you pay? Who are you paying the money to? Okay. Are you paying this at the precincts of the passport office? These are points that we need to hear. So please add more information. All right. I, Emmanuel, in Tamale says, I applied for my passport in March. I was mm. told it would be ready on the 11th of May. Mm. As of today, I'm still being tossed about. Um, he's not, the password has not been printed. Mm-hmm. And I was told that if I knew somebody at the head office, I should reach out to the person. Mm. <laughs> this one says, my name is Daku. I, mm. was, I was to get my passport in May, only for me to be told it wasn't ready. Then I remembered I had a classmate who worked at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I quickly contacted him. He took 300 CDs. And within a week, my passport was ready. <laughs> you called your mate from secondary school yes. who works at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Yes. And you gave him 300 CDs. And then he got a passport for you. So does it mean that he went to pay the 300 to somebody on your behalf or he chopped the 300? Nobody knows. This one says, Aloski, I can't tell you what's happening at the passport office. I paid for Express, went for biometrics. It's been six weeks now. No updates, nothing. I honestly think we do not want to solve our problems because it's an avenue for some individuals to make tax-free and e-levy-free money. But I don't understand. How do you do this? Hmm. All right, more messages. I took my pictures on the 20th of June. I was supposed to receive my passport on July 4. After the 4th of July, no news. I decided to call their helpline. As it is, my passport is not ready. But after telling the uh, customer service agent I was to travel in August, she asked me to come see the director. He can work things out for me. I'm yet to go. And I registered at the uh, PAC. Passport application Passport application center. Mm. This one says, the passport issue is something I, re- I can relate to. My daughter and I completed our biometrics on the 28th of January this year. Well, seven we months were, ago. Yeah, we were scheduled to pick up our passports on the 9th and 11th of March, respectively. Ah. As we speak, we haven't received them. When I call the government helpline, I'm told they haven't been printed. <clears throat> Sorry. Francis in Adenta says, the passport, uh, my experience is not that bad. Okay. I applied in February, mm-hmm. took the biometric same month. Mm-hmm. I was told it would be ready in April. Mm-hmm. I was notified of the shortage, but I eventually got my 48-page passport in May. There were okay. some delays, but they came. Hold on. So, hold on. Francis, that's a good one. He applied in February. Biometrics, same month. Passport was to be ready in May. In April, got it in May. He didn't pay. So, Francis, he didn't pay anybody. Well, we'll see. So how come some people are paying? I think the challenge probably... Or people are being impatient. Because if this guy... Okay, are there any more Francis's in the system? You applied, you didn't pay any money. Within three months, you got your passport. It could be that people need them urgently. And remember, they applied in February. Somebody said they applied in January. Yes. And as of now, they've not received theirs. This guy applied in February and he got this in April. And he said he didn't pay anybody. Okay, let's go this one well, are they balloting for that thing? I don't know. My brother completed his biometrics last December. Mm-hmm. Until now, he has not received his passport. Recently, he contacted one officer there and he was told to bring 300 CDs and he would get the passport. I completed my biometrics on 2nd June at the Tema office. They told, to come, they told me to come for it on the 27th, 28th of July. 
even though I did an express one, I expected it in three to four weeks. I went there on the 28th and I was unable to get the So the test. express and the premium is not working mm-hmm. unless you pay money to somebody. Okay. And that somebody is not known. Mm. Mm. This one is on a slightly different... Well, same... It's not different. DVLA is different, DVLA, same thing. Mm. Says, as for DVLA Accra, the least said about them, the better. Mm. There's no single transaction that will not attract a bribe. Hey. Even with the premium service, you are hey. charged exorbitantly at a cost of 1,500 CDs. Mine is still locked up after five weeks. They claim they don't have cards. What is this? I thought they had a card printing facility at the DVLA. That they said that was making it easy mm. to print cards. Please, if you work in these institutions, we are, we, you need to call and, and tell us what is happening. You, you go on. All right. My family completed our biometrics in February. We mm. still don't have the passport. All five of us. My friend did the pass, her passport for her children in June. Mm. Someone in the Tema office told her that if she could pay 1,000 CDs, he'd let her have it. She paid and she got the passport in a week. Hold on. Read that thing again. So, my family completed our biometrics in February, mm-hmm. but we still don't have the passport. Mm. All, all, five, five, of all five of you. Mm. Five of them. Mm. Now, this person is saying that their friend or mm-hmm. her friend or mm-hmm. his friend, whoever, mm-hmm. she put, she went to do her biometrics. In June. In June. Mm-hmm. Got, somebody at the time of office said if they could pay 1,000 CDs, they would get the passport. They paid 1,000 CDs and got them in a week. So, June has gotten because of 1,000. Mm. Uh, February, February has still no. not received. Okay, my, uh, came from Amiaba. Mm. Says uh, the passport issue is true. I help students travel abroad to study. Mm-hmm. I have three clients mm-hmm. who needed to renew their passport before going for their visa interviews this month. Mm-hmm. One applied for a renewal in February, mm-hmm. the other in April, the other in May. Mm. The one who applied in February has still not received his new passport, and mm. the excuse is there are no booklets. Mm. Same excuse with the one who applied in May. Mm. They both paid for premium service. But the one who applied in April did so through someone who works at the passport office. He paid 800 CDs, got his passport after six weeks. I hope the Foreign Affairs Ministry is listening to what we are saying this morning. Mm. Yeah, the, 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 the monies are being collected in your name. Mm-hmm. They cannot feign ignorance of this. They cannot. Unless it's been under the blinds. After a major announcement of a premium center, we've streamlined the passport office, we have solved the problem. Only for us to come back for people to start paying for passport again. <laughs> this one says, it's interesting how we manage institutions in this country. My passport has a lot of unused pages, but it can be used because it's expired. But it cannot be but used. But it cannot be used. I'm just being honest. Yeah. My question is, can't we just extend the date on those unused pages? That's the other issue of the five-year passport and how, I don't know how that made sense. For some time, they were issuing passport for only five years. So you have a passport with how many pages? Mm-hmm. You've traveled twice and the passport has expired. And now we want passports. We have to pay. Like, what at all have we done? Uh, I live in Abidjan. Mm. I did my registration online in the middle of last year. Mm. This is after I wanted to do it at the Ghana Embassy in Abidjan. Mm. And they rather convinced me to come and do it in Accra mm. because it was complicated and they could not promise me the express thing would work. Mm-hmm. I came to do the biometrics in Accra. The one who checked my documents before I went to take uh, the biometrics promised to help me get the same day if I paid something. I already got someone to help after paying 200 CDs, so I declined this offer. I tell you, I got my 48-page passport the same day, in the afternoon. 
This shows that things can actually be done, but because people benefit from the Brooks system, they do not want it fixed. We need strong and willful leaders to bring consistent change. Kujo in our vision center. We'll come back to this story right after this. This is 97.3 CDFM. Annoying stories about people having to pay for passports in an era where we have said we have streamlined the passport office, we have created a new biometric center, we have digitalized everything. I mean, if you have to pay a bribe to collect your own passport, I mean, where is the country? I mean, the 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 citizenship, I can't get it. A passport. It's terrible. We'll come back shortly, but it's time for tech and social media trends. Yes, and it's brought to us by Cowbank. Cowbank is saying, I enjoy a life beyond cash. Uh, whatever you desire, they have a unique digital solution just for you. So get in touch with them. 0800-500-500 is still free. Chat to them online or get in touch with them via social or email. Customercare at cowbank.net. Cowbank forward together. And Vodafone is also bringing us the segment. They have the new Vodafone cash overdraft. If you are suffering from the syndrome of insufficient balance, it will sort you out and let you enjoy your life. Vodafone further together. All right, Daniel Cranting is here with the segment. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Um, Adodi is still in the trends. Uh, mm-hmm. The president is still training after yesterday's um, tweeting spree um, where he was talking about uh, Europeans uh, who were involved in slave trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are still talking about that? Yeah, people are still talking about that. Um, also in the trends, um, and this is very interesting, uh, Michael Jackson and Chris Brown are trending. Why? Because people are trying to compare the two and asking who was more talented. Absolute nonsense in my opinion. A shock. How can you even do that? Um, Azamati is also trending. Um, yeah, he's through to the semi-finals of mm-hmm. the 100 meters at mm-hmm. the Commonwealth Games. Uh, the semi-final will be at uh, 6, 10 p.m. tonight. So mm-hmm. we, wish, we wish him all the best. Um, also in the trends is um, Wachi. Wachi oh, is trending. Prince Yosin. Yeah, Prince Yosin, veteran actor, comedian. Ah. Um, he gave us a lot of good times. A lot of good times. Iconic line there. Yeah, please, uh, Master, don't shoot my langa langa. Mm. That's my best. Mm. Um, he died yesterday. Yeah, he died yesterday. He passed away yesterday, unfortunately. Age um, 58. Yeah. Um, he mm. rest in peace. Oh, Charlie. Um, Kukaya is also in the trends. Um, Brighton left back. Um, Has he moved now? No, he hasn't moved yet. My God. But it looks like it will happen. It looks like it will happen. Wait till Barcelona come knocking. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Just don't like what Fabi is He's talking too much. Um, there's some tech news, and this is really, uh, really interesting. Brazilian twins mm-hmm. who were joined at the head have mm-hmm. been successfully separated with the help of virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were three, uh, they are three year olds, Bernardo and Arthur Lima. They underwent surgeries in, uh, surgeries in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Um, the team of doctors, they spent trials, months trialing techniques using uh, virtual reality um, projections of the twins mm. based on CT and MRI scans. And finally, they were successful um, yesterday. I was taking social media trend. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Skis on it. and penny passport Obeko banka koton krata sin sain. Uriabeto santini fianopakusye nyumbre. 
now this this is a, a really troubling story we got a comment this morning about passport and apparently it's woven a whole kind of worms about people's challenges with the passport office and I'm, the passport office cannot say they don't know this. If this was just one person or two people, you would say, well, um, you probably decided to pay or this. It seems to be the norm. And what is annoying me is the fact that we made a lot of noise about opening a premium center and we declared that this whole frustration with passports is over. Only for us to get to this same issue of because of lack of booklets, people are ask, being asked to pay money for booklets. I, I can't understand it. I'll come to this shortly. Let me just wish two more people happy birthday. Uh, Dromo Nikote Nikwe, 11 years old, University Primary School, Legon, from your parents or from, from Mrs. Yvonne Ajete Sosi. And uh, to the second of the three girls, Babette. What? Babette. Babette. Denisa Nimli of Victory Presby School, Adenta. From uh, your sister Davida and Odelia, or Odelia, your mom Susan and your dad Christopher Nimley. Happy birthday to you and may you live under the supervision of the Lord Jesus. You are a gift from God dedicated back to the Lord by your mom and myself. You are seven years old today. The Lord bless you beyond measure. We love you so much. Be bet. I'm going to air a few voice notes and I really want the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Passport Office to to respond to these. I, I don't even want to call them. They need they know what to do. This is this is atrocious. Listen to a few of the complaints that have come in on people's experiences at the passport office. Good morning, Bernard. My name is Nana Seng. I'm calling from Cantonment. Uh, likewise, I've also been to the passport office severally to pick up my passport, and I'm being told they are out of booklets and that I should pay an amount of 400 students. That was from January, but it's as if I'm not traveling anytime soon, so I've closed up my mind, waiting patiently for it to be printed, then I pick it up. Thank you. Hello, Bernard and team. Good morning. Uh, what your colleague Nathan is saying is what should have been the case. 
I went through a similar process, filled a form online for an expedite service. On the day of my biometrics, I had to pay extra 100 CDs for premium, so I was taken to a VIP room, just as pertains at the DVLA. After everything, I was told I will receive my passport in about two to three weeks, which I paid for the cost of delivery to my to my to my house. That was on the 17th of May. As we speak, I haven't received a passport. Last week, I called them and then inquired that what is happening after paying all those you know premium fees and. To my surprise, I was told they are having problems with printing booklets. Can you imagine? After paying for expedite, you know, service, paying for premium on the day of uh, uh, biometrics and all that. 17th May, as we speak, there are no booklets. Yet, people are paying and the booklets have been printed. Bernard, use your good office to look into this. There's a big rot going on there at the passport office. My name is Piquet, Spinkters. Seriously, I am in 101% in support of the 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 other listeners message to you and all that followed up this is my voice i'm adding to it bernard it is terrible you apply for a passport and i had personally had an experience when i was applying for a renewal my 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 they had it boldly uh, uh, um, printed on their website and notice that they are short of 32 book 32 page books but 48 is available i applied for the 48 guess what bernard when i had I, the, the eta was given for me to go and check or come for the passport i went and i was told that the 48 that i applied I will not get it because they don't have the 48 book. Yet the 32 book that they have, they have available. If I will get it, I only have to go and reapply a second time at my own cost. Honestly, I did not take it lightly. And the 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 the, the official that spoke to me at uh, uh, the park center that I went to apply. I really gave my peace to him, the, 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 that official and suggested that it is not in the good interest of even the institution for their reputation that they even would reprint re, 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 re the 32 book and even add a note for an apology for those that had applied for the 48, which is not the decision of the people, but for them putting that notice on their website first thing you meet when you 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 you, you go on the application uh, 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 menu 
Now, people had applied. That as if that is not enough. You 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 apply. You go and they are telling you they give you these excuses. But if you are willing to pay, a colleague, a colleague, a colleague needed his passport for 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 uh, 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 the travel process. Had applied for same 48 book. Which I may be in Papa, woman is why in Tanta, Aden, or Banka Koton Krata. On the issue of passport, I think the issue goes deeper than this. You see, in I may I do, I'm a guru person, so as a guru person, we are more informed than the regular person. So, in the last year, November getting December, we are informed, and by informed, I mean unofficially. We informed by our friends in government and the passport office and the foreign affairs and whoever that uh, the government is one out of the 32 pages and that if anybody needs his book in a short time, which is within uh, three days, one week and two weeks, we were to uh, switch to the 48 pages. So most of us started switching way earlier. And so when we go to early January, we were officially informed by the government through a communicator that they are found out of the 32 pages. If I'm talking to you first, please for, bear with me. I have to go and work. And so we should switch officially to the 48, mainly because previously it was an option. Now it's not an option anymore. We should switch to the 48, mainly. Now the issue started arising when people who had already booked the 32 came to the passport office and heard the news. That uh, they plan uh, their passport, they applied ahead of time to get it in a sort of time frame, and now they are being told that we, they don't know when they are going to get the 32. So most of them, even though they have paid the passport, abandoned it and bought a new form. And so there was a lot of double registrations in the system. And so those of those who had captured earlier and wanted it on time, most of them came back also apply again so they had the 32 already in the system being processed and they were now applying for the 48 also again in the system fortunately or unfortunately the 42 came early and the 32 is still in the system so the person for all intent and purposes has received the passport they wanted and most of them are out of the country and now the are, are 32 is being printed again the system could not filter and say this guy has gotten his passport so let's either suspend it code it on certain time as the books are available. They are just doing the double printing for somebody who has already received the passport. And so the double registration is, is also creating another problem in the system. So some I have clients who applied in October, they haven't received them, their books. And they come already and say, oh, the books are there, the books are there. We know the books are not there. The issue why the books are not there, we know. It is because of mistakes that are being done both at the passport office and both in the printing room so obviously this gentleman talking self-identifies as a guru boy <laughs> that that is a whole discussion for <laughs> let me finish what i'm doing here and i'll deal with this matter from the 1st of July, all charging entities will be connected to the GRA Common Platform to ensure that the 100 CD exemption per person on daily basis is enforced 
across all mobile platforms. Remember to link your Ghana card to your bank account and mobile numbers to enjoy the e-levy exclusions. If wrongfully charged the e-levy, contact your bank or telco. Let's your taxes work for you. Let's build Ghana together. Don't forget, a seven-day musical cruise package to Greece, Turkey from September 7 to 13 aboard the Celestial Olympiac cruise ship filled with culture, food, discovery and music from Ghana's hype life legend Amachi Dede and other surprise acts including Grams Morgan. Let's connect through music while visiting Mykonos and its famous windmills, Ephesus in Turkey, the site of one of the seven wonders of the Asian world and the fabulous Greek island of Patmos, Crete and Santorini. Join this all-inclusive package which offers you a cabin, accommodation, breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, free excursions, Athens city tour, entertainment, transfers, etc., etc. It doesn't get better than this. Call your cruise people on 0308-251055 to book an inside cabin for 3999 and what is design if not the creation of something amazing out of nothing what is pattern if not the intrinsic arrangement of the ordinary into the extraordinary what is life without style stay tuned to discover how to get your life style now when creating memories with those you love dining at your favorite spot or ordering your favorite meal online make it mastercard make that switch to mastercard for all your payments and it doesn't matter what it is if you are paying please use mastercard mastercard is a safe and convenient way to pay now solid partnership made easy with style life assurance get insurance anytime anywhere when you dial star 7373 hash or download my star mobile app with star 7373 hash and the my star app you can buy manage policies pay premiums apply for claims and a lot more sign up for insurance today at your convenience with star life star life your solid partner for life and don't forget the poco is a virtual assistant from star assurance gives you the chance to be Anywhere and still buy or renew your motor insurance at any time from the convenience of your home office, beach, market, or anywhere in the world. She responds quickly and effectively to your specific needs. Bookwise is here to cater to your needs. Dial short code star 713 star 222 hash and enjoy a smooth and quick service. All right, so what began as uh, one message I got from a listener this morning, and let me just read the message again. I'm going to be talking to the director of passports, but this is the message I got this morning. It says, Bernard, good morning. Something is going on at the passport office which is reversing all the gains made with the automation of public services. The staff claim that the office has run out of passport booklets, yet the very staff are unofficially charging between 400 and 700 CDs per booklet to print for people who are willing to pay. I've attached my boy's slip as reference. He completed the online process, including his biometrics in January this year. But as I type this piece, he's yet to receive his passport. It seems people are sabotaging the system for their personal and selfish interest. Could you use your platform to follow up on this? So this is the message I read. And I just got inundated with all kinds of messages of people sharing similar stories. So Mr. Obing is the director of Passports. Good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bernard. And it's a pleasure to join you this morning. Great. I hope you heard the, the, the first message I read, which I just read again, and some of the comments coming in from Ghanaians about what is going on at your office. Yes, uh, I heard that message that you read, and uh, I wasn't listening into the program, but there are other people who listened and brought my attention to 
some of the text messages being sent by Ghanaians and, and your listeners. And my response as director of Passport is that Passport Office is not charging any extra money to print booklets or books for applicants. Indeed, with the online system that we have, Passport Office doesn't take money. We don't take money in our offices. Every payment is done online. So if there's somebody who pays money to, you know, an officer who claims he's a passport office staff, please, that is illegal. And I'm, as a director of passport, and, uh, you know, somebody who speaks on behalf of my minister and a ministry, we are prepared to listen to those people and then investigate. Because for far too long, there are a number of people who go around you know, taking money from people and then they tell them, oh, we work at passport office. Work at passport office. But we realize that these people, they don't work at passport office. Many of them, they don't work there. So, uh, Bernard, what I'm saying is that those who have calling and are telling you that, or telling Ghanaians that they've been charged extra, you know, for printing book, uh, for, uh, by passport office, for printing books for them, please. They should come to me. They should come to our office this morning. We will create an open door policy, and we are prepared to investigate and establish the veracity of these allegations. But what I can tell you is that we are not printing books for. I mean, extra money. Apart from mm. the money that you pay mm. online, you don't. We don't charge. In fact, when you come to our offices, mm. all that our offices do. We vet your your book, I mean your documents, and your application, and then if they are all in line with the required and the standard uh, documents, supporting documents, we we do a data capturing. So there's nowhere in any of our offices where we ask applicants to pay extra money. Fair enough. Fair so enough. If anybody is charging, then please. It's illegal. Person... Fair enough. But what? Okay, that is correct, and I'm happy you've made that point. But yes, if sir. somebody has sent a message and said they they applied for a passport in January online, and they were told that there are no booklets, so they have to wait indefinitely. A colleague of theirs applied in June. Somebody who works in the passport office and got their passport in less than two weeks. What would be your response to that? You are saying, officially, the passport office does not charge any money apart from what people pay online. But the comments we are getting suggest that when people pay to these people you say are not officially collecting the money from your office, they still manage to get the passport booklets for people, whereas those who have gone through the normal process are not getting it. Uh, but let me explain to you. There are a number of reasons that could lead to a delay in issuing a passport to applicants. So if an applicant applies and there's a delay, it's important for the applicant to follow up to establish what is indeed holding up the application. That's my first response. My second response, particularly regarding the one who said somebody, you know, applied in June and, 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 and got it, Earlier. Now, this is what is happening. At passport office, 
We have a system that responds to what we call emergency applications or agent applications. So these persons, and this is something I encounter on a regular basis, they come to passport office and say, look, my sister, my brother, my father has an emergency. He applied, in, he or she applied in June, and yet he has an emergency and he has to travel to U.S., he has to travel to wherever. Please, kindly assist. Otherwise, you will miss that opportunity and there will be a problem. And as director of passport and as our officers, we respond positively and then we, we handle that case. And then later we realized that this person who did that would have taken money from the applicant. You know? Mm. So on our blind side, these people come and then beg and, and apply for, because our system is very flexible and we're able to handle you know, emergency cases. So they come, they get this, this passport and they go and charge the applicant. Unfortunately, and in many instances, when you demand, you insist that this applicant tell you whether his money, his or her money has been taken, the person will not, will not, will not, will not, will not will deny. So this is exactly what is happening. So let me, let me get this straight. The urgent or special cases also yes. does not attract an official fee. Not at all. Not at all. We have what we call expedited cases that attract official fee of 150. And then we have regular ones that attract official fees of 100 Ghana cities. And all these payments, the payments are done online. So you don't come to passport office to effect any payment, to give money to anybody. So what is happening is that after that individual has gone through the online process, and has and that I gone through the data capture. The person will then come to passport office and say, "Please, yes, I've been given a collection date, which is this, but I have an emergency. I have an urgent case, and I have to travel tomorrow. I have to travel next week. And then, because our system is flexible and because the system is very sensitive to such situations." We, we are sick. How do you confirm if the person who has applied for the emergency merits that emergency? What system do you use to ascertain? Well, we have, we have a lot of measures. For instance, the person may produce a medical report. If it's a medical emergency. If it's a travel emergency, a person will produce an, a copy of the air ticket. You know, if it's a scholarship, the person produced the offer, the scholarship offer. So there are a number of documents that we demand in order to establish that yes, this is a genuine emergency or this is an urgent case. And who makes and the call? Have, who makes the call? The final call to grant those emergency passports? Well, it depends on because the the current structure is said that we have application centers that are in the regions. And currently, we have 13 of them. And these application centers are headed by our officers. And then we have the headquarters, which is here at, uh, in Accra. So these OICs receive emergency cases that come from the regions and then transmit them to Accra for us to assist and send the password back to them. 
Whereas we at rates also receive emergency cases that come directly to us. So we have a very decentralized system. And we have always told our officers that look, because of the nature of our you know system, when applicants come to you with emergency cases, please let's interrogate them, vet them, and then receive them. And let's see how best we assess them. So this is the system we have in place. And I'm, nobody charges anybody. I'm, ask, I'm asking this because you probably receive hundreds of applications every day. So yes, if, if an officer of yours takes a thousand CDs from somebody and decides yes, to prioritize the application by making it an emergency application, you will not know yes, this. That, that is what I'm saying, that we have made the current system in such a way that it doesn't give room for people to pay extra. Officially. So, officially. I'm qualifying what you are saying, that you have made the process so that there is no ex- official extra. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a discretion in the of- officer on the ground who can say, three people have applied for emergency. One person has given me 1,000 CDs. So if there's only one slot, I will give it to that one person. But Mr. Obin does not know. Well, you can, you can speculate. But the point is that I will only speak to what we have put in place. No, but, somebody, no, it's not speculation. Uh, sir, 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 it's not speculation. No, I'm, I'm, use, I'm using your process. You've, you've explained. I'm saying that if uh-huh. based on the process you've put in place, an yes. officer who has to make a decision on an emergency application decides to prioritize applicant Bernard over applicant Nathan, there is no system for you to check whether the person, Bernard getting that uh, emergency passport actually deserves it or is because he's paid a thousand. You would not know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that the, of the OIC, the officer in charge, who is supposed to be, who is a very professional and a responsible officer, you know, receive the cases and then vet them and bring them to us. And then we print them and send them back to the applicant. Now, our duty is to let the applicants know that they are not supposed to pay anything extra in getting that service. So if somebody comes to you and tell you that no, you are supposed to pay something extra. It is for you to report to us and tell us that look, even though your system, system has been designed in such a way that we're not supposed to pay anything extra, please, this person has taken this amount for me. And then we would investigate and, of, and, and deal with the corporate. But if you the one who received the money and you pay the money, you don't come to us to report. And all you do is you go on the media and say it. Are you helping us? You're not helping us. But definitely okay, so potential... do you have a complaint office that if somebody has a challenge, they can go and complain to? Yes, we can help lines. You have help lines? We have help lines, yes. And that applicants are supposed to use this help line. Unless somebody said, reported and nothing was done. Then you can make a case. But it wasn't reported. You kept this to yourself. You didn't tell anybody. And then all you did was go on air and say it. 
can you help in us? Well, I, I can say, well, well, from the experience I have, mm-hmm. is that most of these people who, you know, are, are led to have taken money, they don't make a tax office. No, no problem. I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand the system. So we have the regular yes. application that we make an online payment. Then there's the, then there's the express, just hold on a second. There's the express payment of 150 CDs. Right? They are all done online. Good. And then the, so you are saying that there's no physical money paid at the Accra Digital Center. All payments must be made online. No, no. For Accra Digital Center, which is called the Premium Center, there's a special system there where you go there and they charge you extra for the service they deliver. And that one is online. It is stated that if you choose Accra Digital Center, which is the premium center, extra charges apply. So those ones, you go and you pay. And it pays, you pay for a service they are being rendered and they give you receipt. So, so, let, me, so let, me get, let me get this straight. So you pay 150 right. CDs for Express Online, but if you are dealing with Accra Digital Center, there's an extra 190 CDs you pay for the premium it's service. 190. I think it's, it's 250. For the, two, for the premium service. No one yes. And, yes this, and this premium service is different from the emergency application. Yes. In fact, the emergency applications are not officially designated. But it is when the applicant comes and says, Oh, I paid this much for expedited or extra and I've been given a collection date within this date and something has just come up that requires me to travel and then we will classify that as an emergency and therefore we assist you to so, be able to travel fair enough. but how long is the expedited action expedited application supposed to take for so, it formally it is supposed, the expedited is supposed to take 10 days. That is what is official. And then the regular takes 21 working days. But there are a number of factors that sometimes cause the delay. You know, you may be aware that when it comes to applying for passport, the process is said that we do writing of applications. And sometimes you write an application and you realize that the data that the person provided requires further investigation. So this factor, this factor may cause a delay in issuing a passport to the applicant. It doesn't mean that there's a shortage of bootlegs. No. But because sometimes, look, for instance, yesterday I had a case where the person has applied uh, twice. He applied once and then applied again without indicating that he had done that application. So as soon as the application hit our system, our system blocked it. So it, it, the case was suspended. In this case, you may have paid you know, 150 but the, the system will not be able to issue it to you on the related date because of this this issue. And we encounter a number of them on a regular basis. So, even though officially we have what we call 150 for expedited and 100 for regular, there are 
factors that will cause the delay in getting you the passport. It doesn't mean there's the shortage of booklets. So are you saying are you saying as we speak there is no shortage of booklets? Yeah, we, because you see, let me Bernard, let me ask you this question. The same people who said somebody told them there's a shortage of booklets who say, oh, we paid, somebody paid, and then the book was printed. So if there's a shortage of booklet, then how come he, he pay money and he claim that... Mm. The, the so book so, so you are saying that there's no shortage of booklets? Yes, we are printing passports. Good. So, so if somebody applied in January and yes. paid 150 for expedited, which regularly takes Absolutely. 10 days, and as of yes. 2nd August, they haven't received their passport. So I will be interested in investigating why. As I've explained to you, there are factors that may cause an application to delay. Because the same person who said he paid in January and there was a delay, he said another person paid in June and the person had his passport. Yes. So clearly, which means there's no shortage. But if there was shortage, then this person who paid in June wouldn't have had his or her passport. But if the person who paid in January hasn't received their passport, and when he calls, the person is told that he should just wait, that the passport is not ready. But your promise to the person was that you'll get it in 10 days. Aren't you the one creating the need for the person to look for extra means of getting it quicker? Because if the 10 days were working regularly, there will be no need for me to go to somebody to pay money to get my passport in another means. Uh, Bernard, this is a version of the person who called. I will be interested in investigating the veracity of this. I'll be interested in looking at what has caused the delay and to respond appropriately. So I'm just explaining to you the possible causes of the delay. So I want the applicant, and I handle that on a daily basis, the applicant should approach us and let us find out exactly what the problem is, and then we'll solve it. Because look, I it didn't even indicate the issue about internet connection. We have we have issues about internet. Sometimes you submit your data, your data is supposed to be transmitted to headquarters, and because of internet issues, we're not able to transfer it. So there are issues, and we are also and in those cases, technology. in those cases, do you call the person and say, Mister Nathan Kwao? You applied for a passport in January. Expedited was to have come in February. But because of internet connections or because of some discrepancies on your form, this will take a while. Do you call the people to give them updates? Usually when you apply for a visa, excuse me, just a second. When I apply for a visa, in the, what I do is that I go online. They will say visa documents have been collected. It's been forwarded to, it's been, it's been mailed. It's gotten to Sheffield. It's been worked on. They give me like a six-stage process. So by the time I get my visa back, I know that a decision has been made. So I'm able to track the progress of my visa application in real time online. Do you have such a process? You know, we have alert system, SMS, that alerts applicants on the status of the application. Unfortunately, what I observe is that some applicants, you know, use numbers that do not even belong to them. So sometimes you send them alerts and they don't get it. Other factors include the person not even reading their SMS. 
So we have a system that alerts applicants about the stages of the application. And, and, and as I've also indicated, we have helplines. So if you are not getting it on the 10th, on the date that has been given, you also have a responsibility, in my view, to call to check that, oh, uh, look, I was supposed to have received my passport on this date, but I have not received it. So, so what are what the main, the so what are the main stages of a person's application? Based on the point about the text. So what, how many stages are there in a password application for which I'll receive a text message? Well, we, when we receive your application, yes, we call it the application has, has been received. And that is after you have done the biometric uh, caption at the application center. And then our vetting officers will vet the, 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 the application. And when they have vetted and everything is okay, we call something okay to print. And then the passport will be, will be printed. But there are also instances where the, the application could, could be queried. And, and, and that's where we call something superior intervention. So it means that there's a problem with the application that has, be, has to be looked into. And sometimes when we find that, yes, uh, maybe the person did not complete the processes at the application center. There was a birth certificate that was supposed to be scanned, which was not scanned, or some details on the form do not tally with what is on the birth certificate. You know, then our officers would flag that one and release the data that was transmitted back to the application center, and then... The center is supposed to inform the applicants for the applicants to go and complete the process before the, the application or the data is transmitted back to headquarters for the passport to be printed. So we have this process. So you've, you've given that me three stages. You've given me documents received after biometrics, vetting, yes. and then you've yes. also told me that there could be a red flag which requires superior intervention. Absolutely. And then, so assuming I've, you've received my biometrics, you've vetted me, there's no problem, what is the next stage? That's what I'm saying. That's what we call, it's okay to print. Good. So will I be told that my passport is being printed? Yes. Well, that's where the alert will say, your passport is issued. It's an alert that will give you that, that information. And then that is where you have to then contact the application center. To you know, collect the passport. Fair enough. So, and, and I need to thank you because you've been very patient with me. So, I just have a few more questions. The the yes, do you know as we speak how many passport applications are being vetted, or as in the three stages you've given me, is there a way in which you can know we've received two hundred thousand applications, fifty thousand have gone through vetting, five thousand are being printed, eight thousand are have been red flagged and 2,000 have been issued. Is there a way in yes. which you can know this? Absolutely. We have a system. Everything is on our system. Because we are operating, as I indicated, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an, a computer-based system. So everything that comes is taught on our system. So we're able to know how many cases have come in like I'm saying, receive applications, how many cases have been flagged, 
and uh, they require superior intervention, how many cases are okay to print, and so on and so forth. And, and let me also indicate that during this process, I, that's our passport. You know, we, we, the system has been designed in such a way that it is automatic. The system is loaded. I mean, the receive applications come through. Officers visit them. Those that do not have any issues, they become okay to print. And then they move to the next stage for the printing office to print them. And then when they are done, they'll go back to uh, the application centers for, for, for the applicants to go and pick them. So this is how our system works. I see. Do you have official guru boys? I'm asking because a man sent a voice note this morning and described himself as such. And he was trying to explain that the reason why there are delays is that some people applied for 32 page and they were getting 48 or vice versa, something like that. But he described himself as somebody who, he, he, if I, he used the word guru boy. So he basically says he helps people to get passports. Are there officially accredited Goro boys that work with the passport office? Not at all. We don't have anybody like that. But there are people who they offer to assist applicants. They are not people who passport office has engaged. Not at all. So that's why we encourage applicants to handle their applications by themselves. You don't engage another person. And that's the idea behind the online system that we have introduced. So you go online, fill the form, submit it, and it will be, it will be processed. But you see, what is happening that I have observed is that there are people who just engage somebody, uh, some other people, and say, please, can you complete the online system for me? And then they will leave everything for them to do. And then they'll charge them. So if this person charges you, it is between you and that person. Passport office has no hand in it. And yet you go and say... But say, if, if the person... If, okay, but say, if this person who charged me is able yes. to bring my passport the next day, mm-hmm. are you saying that you don't... Let me read a message to prove this. I applied for a passport, went to capture, and was given a collection mm-hmm. date. I traveled mm-hmm. from Takradi to the passport office, waited for about mm-hmm. three hours only for this slim man to come out and give me a new collection date written on a piece of paper. I met this guy outside the gate when he, who said he would take 200 CDs and get it for me in two days. Believe you me, the guy brought the passport the next day. You, let me give you a scenario that could lead to that. You see, this person who came from Takwari met somebody and the person said, I will assist you. So what is likely to happen in that instance, is that this guy will then come to passport office and say, like I've explained, oh, I have a sister, I have a brother who applied and was given this collection date. And the person has to travel the, uh, tomorrow or travel the following day at this week. Please, can you assist in getting me for her passport? And then this person will be assisted. The passport is delivered to this lady. And then the lady will conclude that, oh, because I paid this money, that's why this passport was, was given to me. It is not, passport office will not take any money from anybody. Again, I am. Yeah, but sir, that. sir, but, okay.
okay two things how come this person this slim man that we met could go inside and and say that he has an emergency without showing that he's even related to me and yet me the person who applied when i officially went for my passport your officer wrote on a piece of paper that I will, he, 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 in fact, my date of collection has to change. And he cannot tell me when I'll right. get my passport. But somebody standing at the gate took my 200 CDs, went inside, and all of a sudden, he has, by some magical powers, managed to g- get my passport the next day. Are, are you telling me that your officials don't know people they work with? I mean, this is, this is strange that a person oh, who has an agreement with the passport office has been given a slip that he should he, 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 we don't know when you get your passport he gives 200 cities to somebody standing at the passport office area that person goes inside and in two days the person is able to negotiate and say this guy who is standing at the gate is my relative he has an emergency to so give him the passport the next day and he's able to get a passport i mean seriously bernard bernard let me explain to you please there's no way and i want to i want this person to to to, to come and show me the evidence that he came to passport office and was given a new collection date. It's not that system doesn't work that way. Nobody will give you a new collection date. The collection date that is given to you when you do the data capturing is the same date that you have. So where in our office do you see no. or he didn't you say uh huh, okay, go on. And then he was given a new collection date. And then when he came out, he saw another person who said, Look, let me go in and get you your passport. And then this person went in there and brought the passport to, to her. I want to listen to these people, because look, these are uh, allegations of allegations. You call these people to come and substantiate, and they will not be able to substantiate. Sometimes I tell the person that who here took that money from you and brought that passport to you. The person will not be able to substantiate that. So we are talking on radio, and we are discussing these allegations. But look, let me call that person and say, look, come, because we are prepared to set examples. We are prepared to prosecute people. So we want these persons who claim that people have taken money from them to come forward and say, look, this person took my money. That person took my money. But if you go on radio and say these things to... Let me ask you another question. Are you saying that yes. your office, you, you can vouch for your officials that they do not deliberately delay people because let me give you another one this is somebody i know the person said i applied for passports i paid for premium yes. service paid yes. extra for vip at Accra digital center paid for yes. delivery went through all the processes but the officer cancelled the date for receiving my passport because according to her it may take a while You see, what happened in the case of Premium Center is that they call applicants when their passports are ready. That is a service they discharge to applicants. So you go there to do the data capturing, and they will tell you that, please, we'll call you and indicate to you that your passport is ready. So that is the arrangement they have in place. And they do call. The point is that if you have a challenge, because I know some people will tell me that they haven't called me. And we've also done investigations sometimes that go to establish that. They call the applicant. The applicant wouldn't even I mean, respond. And yet the applicant would 
turn around to accuse them of not calling. I will not vouch, I will not hold beef for anybody. And again, let me indicate that, yes, this is a human institution. We have individuals in our midst who may be, you know, unscrupulous and so on. But we want people to come forward and give us evidence, concrete evidence, that I approach your office to apply for passport and I met Mr. A or Mr. B who took this money from me. And we are prepared to, you know, prosecute these individuals. We are prepared to, to uh, you know, deal with these individuals. But if we look at it on radio and we are discussing the way we are discussing, yeah. It will not solve the problem. No problem, but it's good. I like the fact that you are taking the time to explain. So the radio interview yes, also sir. helps because maybe yes, sir. After, the, after the interview, somebody would know that under no circumstance should I pay money for anybody to give me a passport yes, after I've made the payment. I, I want yes, to suggest sir. to you, though, that the number of complaints I've received about this payment... I don't think it will be fair if all those people come to your office. You probably want to set up a unit or a day where you will say everybody who has a complaint about the delays in passports should come and meet you because I can tell you, you can get, you get 100 people. Second point, the issue of dates being cancelled is important because when the receipt is issued at the passport office, the receipt I've seen from the premium center will have your name, your passport type, your priority, whether it's express or not, and whether it's a renewal or a new passport, your receipt number, application date, your gender. But then the collection date is cancelled because they say they cannot guarantee that. Now, my question is, why do they cancel the col- collection date on the, on the cheat? Because it's part of the, the service we have paid for. I've paid for premium. I have applied. And based on the system you have put in place, my collection date should not go beyond a certain date. But your official gives me a, a sheet of paper and the collection date is blacked out. And sometimes when we ask, so we ask for this one, it will be late. Or ask for this one, maybe November, we are not sure. Why does that happen? You see, Leonard, my, the question I pose is that who at Passport Office or Premium Center will tell this applicant that we, the, the, the collection date will not be guaranteed. That's why we have cancelled it. It's not true. It's not true. The, the person has even sent now, me the cheat. No, what is true? The, the cancellation is done. And that one, I'm confirming it. Okay. That the cancellation is done. And I'm saying that the premium center has special arrangement with their clients. And they call them when the passport is ready for them to pick it up. They have that arrangement with them. So, and many applicants who go there can attest to the fact that they deliver. They even have courier system that sometimes sends passports to the applicant. So, this only happens at premium center because of the special arrangement they have with their client. It doesn't happen in the other centers. Because the other centers, that, that arrangement is not there. Okay. So, that is the reason why But I've, I've taken note of this concern and I would discuss it. All right. Let, let me let me suggest some, let me suggest something else. You in answering my yeah. previous question, you said that you sent alerts on received, uh, vetted, and then printed. Can I suggest a tracker where I will go online? Because you see, the 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 frustration in the system is that I have to wait for somebody to text me. I'm going back to my visa application. When I apply for a UK visa, at least the last time I applied, I can go online. 
and I will know where my passport is based on the system created by VFS. So nobody has to send me. If, if I, I, I can decide not to pay for text message. But once I submit my passport, I go online and there's a red line. Bernard Avler, your passport is at point number one. Two days later, my passport is at point number two. So by the, by the time the passport is at collection, it's online. I put in my code, I know. And I'm suggesting to you that based on all the complaints we are receiving, and there have been very many, do you not think that that type of system is better than simply saying, wait till somebody will call you? Bernard, uh, I agree perfectly with you. And let me also remind you that this is a new system that we are implementing. And we just rolled out this uh, online application system in 2020. So we are developing it and we are improving upon it as the time goes by. So these are issues that are coming up. And I can assure you that we would improve on the system to make it better for applicants. I'm always of the view that we always have to look at where we came from and look at where we are and see whether we have made some improvement. In terms past, we are always nice to the hassle that Daniels had to endure in submitting the application. Now, we have introduced a new system which makes it easier, far more convenient for Ghanaians to apply for their passports. And a lot of Ghanaians have touted this system as one of the best that has ever happened to this country. We are on a journey, and it's still work in progress. I can assure you that the system will get better. And this idea that we brought up, this suggestion that's Look, we'll take it on board. We'll improve on the system. So this is an assurance I will give to Ghanaians. The let's be patient with the system we have in place. It is far better than what we had in the past. I'm not saying it is perfect. We still have our weaknesses. But we are taking steps to improve on this. I agree with the point about improvement because I remember a few years ago, people had to come and queue at 5 a.m. with their kids, and that has stopped, which is why when we hear complaints about the passport, we get alarmed, because for what we were told, things have improved. My last question, do you do what in marketing is called mystery shopping, where because you are hearing all these complaints, you decide one day to say, you know what, let me send my secretary or somebody who works with me that nobody knows to apply for a passport, and let us trace the process they go through not knowing who they are. Because some, it will shock you that there are people who your staff are working with unofficially, some of who are even being given money to help people jump queues and to short-circuit the process. And you may be up there thinking, I have a beautiful system working. But on the ground, the testimony of people may be completely different from the system your good intentions may have. So maybe the mystery shopping may be another way you go about it. So you know for yourself, not through radio, that things are not as rosy as you plan them to be. Well, thank you for that suggestion. But I me also indicate to you that we have our own way of monitoring our system. And based on our monitoring arrangement, we would always strive to improve 
or what we have. I also have to indicate that a lot has to do with the attitude. And I believe that if we get it right, look, our system will work the way we want it. Look, we have several instances where people have sought to pay money why they are not even supposed to pay. And it's because they will say, oh, I want the system to be quicker. Please, as Canadians and as applicants, let us, you know, understand that the only way we can build a better system for ourselves is when we support our, our, our authorities. Let's support them. If we say don't pay money, don't pay. And if somebody takes money from you, be bold in coming to us to report. But if you go and pay the money, and then you go and radio and, 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 and complain, how will we be able to reform the system? Mm. Please. Mm. It is a two-way mm. affair. I will send don't the... Pay I will send money. Yes, we will not pay. And we'll t- I will send you, respectfully with your permission... All the comments I've received, because I want you to see the level of frustration. It's also feedback. So, with your permission, I'm going to um, forward all the messages to you and the voice notes as well. You can get your team to listen and transcribe and decide how you want to go about it. But I'm sure if you want to respond more officially based on the evidence, because I couldn't play all on air, I'll be happy to host you again to respond to some of the issues that may have been raised in those that I have not put on air. But I want to thank you for your time, Mr. Obing. I also thank you for giving me this opportunity. And I, once again, I have to advise Daniel that please don't pay money to people who will promise you that will get you your passports in two weeks, in one week, and so on. We don't, passport office doesn't charge extra money. Every payment is done online. After doing that payment, please don't pay extra money. When you have issues, use our helplines. I will send the helplines to you so that you, you uh, inform your listeners about them. Thank you so much. For thank you, sir. So that was thank you. That was so much. That was Louis Obeng. He's the director of Passport. Really appreciate the fact that he spent time after just a couple of um, phone calls we, we put to him to respond to these. Without, if somebody would have said, send us all the messages and write a letter or whatever, he decided to respond. So I, I appreciate that. And the fact that he took all the questions is great. We believe that the situation may be happening on his blind side or may be much deeper than the system he's put in place can let him know. So we will send him the message. And there are many. There's a lot of anger in the system. But I just want people to relax. Room was not built in a day. We also need to appreciate that I have have followed passport issues for many years. And I can tell you that, look, there's been an improvement. Because in the past, people, I mean, I had people call me that they will go and queue at 4 a.m., with their kids just to get in so we have to acknowledge some of the improvements that have been made while we also strive for this to stop and i also want to say this yes they will frustrate you but don't pay money to anybody you see because he's saying that there's a system for emergency so once you pay people you've got the economy as a demand and a supply side once you give somebody 400 cities to say i need my passport tomorrow you are strengthening that economy so whilst i'm not blaming people paying i'm saying if you stop the payment part of the road will stop you understand because you have to balance the equation because if nobody ever paid that micro economy of collecting people's passports for them in two days while everybody else is waiting what has to end do you understand me so 
I'm not saying that it's people's impatience that has caused the problem. Maybe the inefficiency of the passport office is the main cause. But I think Ghanaians must also resolve to not pay. And that is part of the solution. Because you can't solve a problem. Because there's a demand for people. In fact, there are people who don't even want to go to the passport office. Mm. He says, oh, if I can pay 1500 to somebody, he'll come and do everything for me. And that's where the problem starts. You hear me? So I, I really think that let's relax. The man has been open. He wants to address the issues. <clears throat> he obviously hasn't answered some of our questions the way we wanted. <laughs> and I know because I, as the man was talking, the way my phone was buzzing. Somebody sent me a message. Who, who, said, who, were, who were asking whether he was here? They just wanted to check his location first. No, 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 no. Somebody wanted to check his location. We should be tolerant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, some, when public officials come on air to respond, let's <laughs> allow them to express themselves. <laughs> somebody even said that yes. if it's possible, we should do conference call. The man is on the line. <laughs> they will join the open door. Yeah, maybe that would have been good. A, call, a conference call. Yeah. So because I think it's a, you see, it's an experiential thing. And be, I, I feel. I probably didn't communicate the angst of the people enough. But you see, you need that equanimity to ask the question because if you're also angry, then you can't manage the interview properly. But I get the anger. I get a lot of people upset. They're saying, oh, no, the man doesn't know what he's talking about. No. Now he has agreed that we should send the messages to him and I'm sure he will come back here based on the way this interview has gone. So, listeners, let's, let's, take, have a message for let's take a chill pill. I have a message for this. Ben Avlep. <laughs> Uh-huh. Mystery what? Mystery shopping. How can you send a mystery shopper mm-hmm. to the mystery shopee mm-hmm. at the mystery shop? <laughs> <laughs> Let me read it for you again. <laughs> you feel, thank you. Is that how do I do it? It says mystery what? Shopping. How, how can you send a mystery, mystery shopper <laughs> to the mystery shopee <laughs> at the mystery shop? <laughs> oh, Lord. No, 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 no. But it's a concept we learn to. It works, so. Hmm. Supermarkets do it a lot, but any but, service deliver any for me, I think that uh, public officials sometimes because of the effort they put into putting systems in place become very defensive when it comes to people's experiences, and also feel that people rush to go on air because they want to black they want to give their place a mm. bad name. People go on air because they feel that's the only place to get other people to join. Just that they, they, because the reason this whole thing became a big issue is that when I read the message on there, other people said we also have the same story. If they don't go on there, they go and they say, Ukra, maybe buy, you know, you are rude to the woman, that's why she didn't give you your passport. But if you have 100 people saying all of us went through the same experience, it strengthens the position. We'll take a break, we'll be right back. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show, rise above the noise.
so uh, Nathan Kwao has a. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Nathan, you are overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah, so, what, so what, what, what is the dominant emotion in this message? Yeah, people are very upset. It's just a lot of frustration. Mm. A lot of frustration. A mm. lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. Mm. This for, for example, mm. this one says, I'm now confused. Which mm. booklet is available now? 32 or 48 pages. All right. This one says, I've been to the office three times. All they tell me is there are no booklets. Mm. I did that at the Cofredia PAC and I've wasted money on transportation on three different occasions just going there. I'm mm. tired. Mm. <laughs> Concerning the passport issue, a colleague of mine had to pay 500 CDs before her card was printed. She paid it at the whole office when she went there to take her card, only for her to be told they had run out of cards. Mm. I think it was passport. Mm. Tony says, how can a whole independent country like Ghana have its foreign affairs ministry say it has run out of passport booklets? Mm. To print, you need a printer, paper, ink, etc. Which of the above has run out in the world? I don't know. Uh, all right, the thing about all these issuing officers is that they create all these premium services to extort money to deliver services that should be normal. Who betide you if you go via the normal route? Hmm. This one says, the director is playing the ostrich. Is he saying he's not aware of these? Please, these are all political talk. I was charged 800 CDs at the premium service in Tamale by one immigration guy. This is Berima from South Awoshi. Alright, this one says, Passport Office Digital Center charges 250 CDs for VIP, but on the receipt, it's 150 that reflects. Please ask the director where the extra 100 CDs go. <laughs> but I think he explained, he explained that. This one says, I've, been, I've listened to the director of Passport and I can prove that the Passport Office Digital Center charges extra 150 CDs apart from what we pay online. Okay. James from a book will be well, yeah. You like he, he said, eventually admitted that, yes, yeah. yes. He said, You pay so you pay for online when you get there, you pay an extra for the VIP service, mm -hmm. not the expedited service, so mm -hmm. the VIP service day. Mm -hmm. All right, this one, <laughs> my brother works at the passport office in Kumasi. Our mom and sister did their application um, together, they took their biometrics together. My brother had to pay someone 300 CDs at the passport HQ, and it came two weeks later. My sister is yet to receive hers after four months of waiting. When I asked my brother why, he just said, the system spoil. If you don't pay, you might never receive the service. Mm. <laughs> this one says, the director is only trying to do his best to protect the already dented image of the passport office. Mm. Um, another one says, the complaints office and lines are not functional. Mm. You call and no one answers. Just mm. try it while you interview him. Mm. This one says, the director of passports is right. I've had two emergencies where I needed passports in 48 hours. I'm nobody. I requested to see the director of passport directly. And I was given the chance and my passport was printed in 24 hours. The people are trying. Some Ghanaians feel they need to pay for services that are not meant to be paid for. And that's where the problem is. The helplines are on their website. I've called the helpline before and I got the help I needed. The online, quote unquote, is the problem. So you would rather pay for you rather pay someone to do it. Hmm. Also, it takes a minimum of six weeks. Ahoy from Osino in the Eastern Region says, I paid for the 48-page passport express around March, but I was issued a 32-page booklet when I went for it in July. I only realized when I got home. Will there be a refund? All right. Uh, Ebenezer Kofi says, my biometrics were taken on the 17th of May at the Premium Application Center. I was informed the passport would be ready in three weeks. Today is the 3rd of August and nothing has been said to me. I called the helpline at the Premium Center and you can be on hold for about 10 minutes. And when you are tired, you hang up. I'm sorry, but the officer you are talking to is giving 
the ideal situation, but the reality is bad and sad. 20 minutes past 9, see the breakfast show. If you are thinking about getting that project started or paying rent and fees for that course, or you're lamenting about how to pay off that expensive loan and rebook a new loan, then talk to First Atlantic Bank. Our payroll loan is your solution. If you're a government worker who's paid through controller, you can apply for a loan of up to 150,000 CDs for your pressing needs. Wait no longer. Visit any of our branches or dial star 442 star 30 hash to apply and enjoy the lowest rates ever. Terms and conditions apply first. Atlantic Bank, refreshingly different. Visit Vigdang Healthcare, a Ghana Health Service certified healthcare center that specializes in kidney stones, hepatomegaly, hypertension, fatty liver treatment, and more. We specialize in using 100% natural medicine in all our treatments. Visit our health center on the Spintex Road behind the chartered, Standard Chartered Bank. You may also reach us on 054-995-1211. Alright, so the much-awaited announcement has come. The president has elevated the Deputy Minister of um, Gender, Children and Social Protection to substantive position. And then he's appointed Francisco Ting Mensa as the Deputy Minister for Gender. This has been a long time coming, and Governor, there are a couple of issues here. The Parliament has not yet decided on what to do with Sarah Jasafu, but the President has sacked her after over a, almost two years of no-show, mm. over a year of no-show. Um, what do you think is going on? And I think you were saying earlier that the... The, you you blame Parliament a bit for some of this because you said when she came for her vetting, yeah. you were expecting her vetting to be very rigorous, and yes. surprisingly, she she was vetted for less than five minutes. Yes, and you think that could have prevented some of this? We would have gotten a fair idea of where she stood on a couple of things. Okay, perhaps we would also have given her an idea of the job she was entering, and perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would give her a bit more perspective, mm-hmm. you know, because it was quite obvious she didn't like the ministry mm-hmm. that she was given. Are you sure? Oh, yes. Based on the things we heard about saying, she, okay. Yeah, it was quite obvious she didn't like the ministry she was given. And her attitude towards it mm. is pretty indicative of of that. And that's the mistake I do not want repeated. And I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. It's um, a lot more serious than that. But Eventually, we've it, it took the government quite a bit of time, I guess, to convince themselves that. But why, though? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> could it be? Okay, is it politics? I wish I had answers for you on that. Is it that Dominic Abinja is such a, an important seat for the MPP that they didn't? But, want but what to has that got to? Do? What What has removing an absentee minister got to do with the people of Dominic Abinja? She's know. representing them as MP. That's fine, but she's not representing them as minister. But you heard when they interviewed some of the executives who said she'd let herself down because she's been given a position in the government and she essentially failed to show up and it's not... Basically, you know, not everybody gets... It doesn't reflect, it doesn't yeah, reflect so well they, on them. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't know. But but, but the, the, the thing is this. It took a while for the president to get there. Uh, I think it should have happened yeah. way earlier. Um, perhaps they were ho- the, the office of the president was holding on to some hope that she was eventually going to show up and felt that business was going on as usual at the ministry, which I disagree with. But then the government will tell you, well, they are in the best place to evaluate when how, work is being done. How bad do you think her relationship with the majority side of parliament is? I'm asking this for two reasons. 
after the committee sat, the majority people said she should go. Then mm. NDC said she should not go. It seems to me a lot of them blame her for the Okwe's loss mm-hmm. in the speaker yes. vote. Again, based on the acrimony in her primaries. Oh, at, yeah. Yeah, understand. I think those four votes. Didn't yes. So there's a lot of suspicion that um, mm. she's mm. always had it out mm. for the, the former speaker and his family. Okay. And but then again, for one, one would think that perhaps she got over that, or for the party to suspect that mm. she's that petty or vindictive to hold on to. Because when you look at the vote count. Obviously, somebody in MPP voted yes for Bagwin. Yes, till date they haven't been able to tell us who or found. But out privately, a lot of them believe, believe or suspect she is that she is the one. Okay, and like I said, her position afterwards mm. in the past year and a half since she left, well, since August of last year, anyway, mm. since she left the country, um, has been indicative of somebody who is no really all in for this, this job f- for this job at the moment both in parliament mm-hmm. and as a minister um they were able to bring her down mm-hmm. to vote for the e-levy mm-hmm. but she left soon after mm-hmm. she didn't spend too much time so mm-hmm. she came eventually and i i think even coming down to the levy took a lot of lobbying yeah. mm-hmm. to get her here mm-hmm. private jets and all those things were brought in to mm-hmm. get her here so eventually we've reached this point i i am happy We've crossed that bridge. Um, it's not. It wasn't an ideal situation. It's not something that we should ever do. Where almost gap, two years, two into years the administration of where we we have to a, a country and a ministry is waiting on one person, and the appointing authority feels that there is more than enough time to give this person to, to think through, to think whether through she wants the whether she on. wants the job or not. That is not public service. Yeah. You see, the fact that you are appointing the person does not mean that it is still not public service. It is public service. They could have done better with mm. the timing. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now we have a nominee, a, de- a designate, mm. uh, who was the deputy. Mm-hmm. I will get to that in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, the Honorable Lariba Abudu, MP me- for, Wale MP Wale. for Wale Wale, substantive deputy minister, mm-hmm. has been elevated mm-hmm. to the role. And uh, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Perhaps it says a lot about deputy ministers. Mm-hmm. Why a lot of people did not feel that. H- had you heard of her? No, I heard of her during the primaries, NPP primaries, and when. Yeah, but I mean, in, in the minute, in the absence of Madame Adwasafu, no. did you hear? No, of we didn't. We Honorable Actually, to be fair, when a substantive minister is not at post, yes, the norm is to appoint another substantive minister in an acting capacity. Yes. This is not new. Yes. So if, for example, the trade minister is going to be away for like three months, mm. they may say the road minister can take over that responsibility yes. because the deputy ministers cannot... I think it's a, it's a cabinet mm-hmm. position. Yes. So they cannot sit in. They can do their work in the ministry. But I'm just talking but about basic functions because in that ministry... I, I think outside of the minister, there's other strong person. There was Dr. Fisa Zakaria, the chief director. She's very strong. She knows what we're, she's we're about. Talking, we are so strong in terms of policy. In, in, no, in terms of presence. Perfect. We are going back feeling. to the issue of, of who is appointed a minister and what they bring to the table. They will say that a minister's job is not to be 
an expert in their field. No, 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 no. But this um, she, this woman is I'm not saying she's a medical doctor. Okay, so mm. that's beside. But she used to be a deputy minister, and then oh, she was a medical doctor. Yes, yeah, she, she is a medical, medical doctor. doctor. And, then, and she was a deputy minister back then, and then she's now chief director, so she's now full time there. But the point I'm making is, sorry, who's the medical doctor? The chief director. The chief director, yes, Doctor ah, Fisazakari. Okay, but but we now have a, a substantive minister. a substantive minister, and I want to get zoning on that. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm very concerned about what happens at that ministry. A lot of Ghanaians should be concerned. Why? Now, prior to the vetting, mm-hmm. when I told you that if we are to take global topic wise, mm-hmm. top five mm-hmm. <laughs> about you have children there in that ministry. Mm-hmm. You have gender in that ministry. You have social protection, social protection. Social protection yeah. in that ministry. These are three heavy... Topics. These are heavy topics. These are for any government globally. Mm. 60% of what you do mm-hmm. goes through them. Mm. Or it's about them. Mm-hmm. Policy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, there are certain roles where you require... Somebody one with an interest and two know how. Mm. Mm. Okay, it's not. There are a lot of ministries where you can get around it by just uh, you. You appoint somebody who you feel is a competent administrator or representative. Mm-hmm. But for certain roles, you also require. There's a reason why I always say this: we don't just appoint anybody to the finance ministry, do we? Of course not. It, it's one of those positions where there's a lot of debate about what kind of skill sets are required mm-hmm. to succeed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could get up one day and why don't you appoint your basic administrator? Mm-hmm. He can administer the finance ministry, but it requires certain things. Mm. The gender ministry is one of those ministries. It requires a certain kind of skill set. Look, you they have a lot of experts in there, but the person who leads it at the policy level mm-hmm. as well must have some interest and know-how. I some strong views. Be, on you some see, very strong views. Because it requires lobbying. Mm-hmm. It also requires donor funds. Donor, f- and if you look at, if you go to their website and you go down, all you see is our partners. Bernard, a lot of them are every yeah, major partner every, is yeah. there. Yeah. Everybody is there, because that is where a lot of their funding comes from, mm. anyway. So, this opportunity that has come about mm-hmm. to bring in a new minister, I'm saying that mm. I hope the committee that does the vetting will ask some really strong questions mm-hmm. for us to get an idea. Of the weight of the of person, the weight of the person who is going there. I, I, I am not going to judge her now because mm-hmm. I do not know her too well. If I can just look at her CV and what mm-hmm. it says, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and where she, where she has come from. But so you, you, you expect the committee to be tougher. I, 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 they have to be tougher. You see, Bernard, we've spoken about. I, I, I'm going to. I think they will be. They will do it quickly because they they think there's been a vacuum. So for them, this will be like Charlie. Oh, you can't not frustrate this. But thing. You, you can do it quickly. But there will still be rigor. Uh-huh. What they did with Adjasafu lacked all of it. It was just like it was like, oh, our friend, you've come. You said you have some small problem. Oh, part on the that sort of thing. No, all we're asking for is we are not saying be hostile. That is not what we are asking for. But be thorough. But be thorough, so that everybody leaves satisfied, including the nominee. That this job that I am taking, perhaps it is not simply a job of being named a minister. And enjoying the perks that come with it. Mm-hmm. This is a job that requires you to be at the forefront of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And by that, like I said, personal interest is key. It's one of those ministries where, Bernard, if you are not <coughs> invested, you cannot do it. Wow. You, you understand? It's one of those, it's, it's one of those positions where you have to be invested. It's like sports ministry. 
If you are not interested, if you are not, if you are not vested, it will be hard. So obviously, but that's why I was asking. Have you heard of her? I asked you a question. But I don't need to hear of her for her to be vested. Where, 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 then, if then, what kind of vest is this? <laughs> Let's wait for the vetting. Oh yes, it's, it should be a good one. It should Let's be a good one. In in the meantime, I, I had some surprising information. So the Global Info Analytics people did a, a survey in Domikwabinya because presumably there's going to be a by-election there if the posture of parliament is to be believed. Because I'm sure you know that parliament is split on whether she should be maintained or not. Now, the team came up with some very interesting findings. And you know Domikwabinya is supposed to be a, an MPP stronghold. Mm-hmm. But from the results coming in, it appears that the NDC candidate is actually more popular than the who is the presumptive MPP nominee? Let me talk to Musa Dankwa for his thoughts on this. Musa, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. So, what have you been doing in Domingo Abinya since the Adrasafo uh, matter came up? Um, in fact, we were thinking of going to pull the some weeks back, but we were then waiting to see what will happen with the parliamentary report, and then we can assess whether it is good time to go or just wait further. So, we thought last week was the right time for us to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And we made that decision and we went there from Friday to yesterday, from Monday to yesterday evening. So this, how are you, how are you capturing your data? Because that's very quick then. Is it like electronic system of generation? Yes, as we've been telling you, we are very high tech. Um, the surveys are deployed electronically using tablets. And then the, we deployed about four or five um, officers in the field covering the 10 electoral areas of domain. And ask their interviewing people. The response are coming in real time. So this survey is covering all the electoral areas of domain. And what were you looking for? What were some of the questions you were asking? Well, usually we wanted to know people's views on the, the present approval rate. Because we weren't there in the July polling. So we wanted to see what people were thinking about the present approval rating, uh, the direction of the country, the IMF issue. And then the Adjusafi issue and the normal MPP, NBC rate, and the head to head. Good. So, on the Adjusafi issue, what particular question did you ask and what were the key findings? On the Adjusafi, we asked them um, that the president has finally made a decision and that he has now dismissed Adjusafi as a minister. Um, did they support the president in firing Adjusafi as a minister? And what were the results for that question? 61% of voters in Dominicovina signed the president in final Is it 6 1 or 5 1? 6 1. 6 1. They yes. think it's a good, the right decision. The right decision to take. Okay. And 33% said it was not. Okay. 33. 33% did not think it was the right decision. And 6% no. had no opinion. They have no opinion. I see. And then we, we asked them whether the move to remove it as an MP by the MPP, are they in support of it? And what did they say? 61% again said yes, they agree that he should be removed as MP. 31% said no, he shouldn't be removed. And then around 7% said uh, they have no opinion. I see. So generally, people feel her removal is okay. Yes. And the fact that... So it, it, it means that if Parliament decides to even remove her... The the, the 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 sample the 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 the, the, the people who support the president who typically say yes she should go as MP as well. Yes. 
but 33% are against that decision. Okay, but what about voting? Did you what did you do in terms of whether there's a by election? What question did you ask? But we asked two critical questions. That if the seat is declared vacant and there is a by election in the constituency, and Adwasafu decides to contest as independent candidate alongside Marco Kui and Eli Kim, who would they vote for? And what did you find? Hmm. 32% of voters said they would vote for Adwasafu. 32% said they would vote for her? Yes. And 20% said they would vote for Michael Quay. 20%. Wow. And 42% said they would vote for LAP Kurugu. Interesting. And 6%, 6% said somebody else. So, so in, the, in the three horse race, I could beat all the NDP candidates. So the NDC candidate gets forty-two percent. Adjua Safo will get thirty-two, and Oku will get twenty. Yes. That's if she decides to stand as independent. Yes. That suggests that that's quite, that that thirty-three is very thirty-two is very similar to the thirty-one who do not support her removal. Absolutely, absolutely. So it it means that about a third of the constituency strongly support her. Yes. I see. Now, did you do anything about whether the... What if she's not in the picture at all? Does, do her votes revert right. to Okwe? If she's not in the picture, and that's exactly what happened, we said that if it's just Mark Okwe and Eric Tim in a two-horse race, who would you vote for? We asked this question hypothetically sometime in February. So, in February, it was statistical tie between... Mike Okui and Eli Klim mm-hmm. for, the six, for the six using the likely voter model. Right now, who would you vote for if Safu is not on the ballot? 34% Mike Okui, 59% Akurubu. Wow. 6% somebody else. So, way, way outside margin of error of the poll. Meaning what? That uh, uh, Akurubu's popularity has improved following address Significant, Significantly, yes. Significantly. I see. If, if you look at the electoral areas that we pulled last time, Michael Quay won Domi East, won Domi West, won Taifa North, Taifa South. Mm-hmm. This time around, he lost, he lost everywhere except Taifa South. Wow. So let's just go through. The electoral areas are 10. And you're saying in February, he had won four of those 10. But he, he, he won five. Five. In comparison to the NDC candidate, Eli Plim. But yes. in yes. The, the latest round, he's winning only Taifa South. And Taifa South. Yes. And Eli Plim, or is it Eli Kem? Eli Plim, Akurugu is winning all the other yes. uh, electoral areas. Including Taifa North, where the Christwasaku church is. Makurugu is lost that place. Typhon North, which is of, of course address a full stronghold. Yes. So you probably sense some um, disappointment from her voters, and they may not necessarily pass the votes to the, the next MPP candidate. I think it's a combination of two of her own voters, and then some of the MPP own voters. I see. So let's just understand something. Of the 10 electoral areas, Kwabinya, Abokobi, Ablaje, Agbogba, Hacho, Atomic, Domi, Domi, East and West, Taifa, North and South, are there known 
NDC strongholds and non-MPP strongholds in these two in these in these areas. Yes, if, if you take um, Abuja for example, it's an NDC stronghold. Agoba NDC wins there normally, but the rest of the constituencies, plus in the last election, MPP won eight out of the ten constituencies uh, for electoral areas. So MPP won everywhere except Abuja and Agoba. Yes, but that picture looks different with completely completely reversed. I see. And do you know whether it's because of the economy or whether it's because of the candidate or it's too early? No, it's two combination: economy and the candidate issue. What did you pick about the candidate? I think there are a lot of women who sympathize with Ajasa. So if you look at um, uh, with this analysis of people who said they don't support the person to, to fire her, most of them were backing Akurubu. So it, it, it shows that those who don't want her to be touched have switched camp to the opposition candidate. I see. So, so it's not as straightforward for Okwe if he becomes a candidate. Absolutely not. Even though Domi Kwabenya is an MPP stronghold. Absolutely not. It will be a battle, a hell, for him in in, in, the, in the constituency if there's a by-election there. And if, the if and if Adjuasafo decides to contest. Uh, Again, as an independent candidate, that even makes it worse. Yes, makes it worse for him. Very interesting indeed. We'll, we'll pause here and talk about other things later on. So your main point is that in the event of a by-election at Domi Kwabinya today, the NDC candidate, Elikri Makurugu, based on your latest round of poll, will win. She's in the lead in Domi Kwabinya, which is an MPP yes. stronghold. But that was because you used two scenarios, Adjasa for running as independent or Mike Okwe being the candidate. Yes. We don't know if another candidate can emerge and whether that can change the equation. For now, that we haven't tested. Very interesting. Thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. Musa Dankwa with some interesting survey results. I don't know what you think, Nathan. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. That's I, interesting. I, you know, if, if I cast my mind back to some reports we did on CNR, mm-hmm. you, I remember clearly the the... the the Vox Pop or the comments that, you know, we got from the Vox Pop. People mm-hmm. were very, very interested mm-hmm. in this matter. Mm-hmm. You know, people were very disappointed that the MP was not around. They wanted representation and all of that. But for me, the bigger thing I gleaned from that conversation was essentially how the people felt about Ajwa Safu. I mean, independently or independent of all these things, you could tell that she's somebody... They, I mean, they, they, they want like, to like her. They like her a lot. She's popular. So, and she's the, very from pop- the poll, 33% of people don't think it's a good idea for her. Yes, to so, so it's all the controversy. All the controversy. A lot of people would have, yes, would have loved to have kept her in parliament. So, mm. now I feel that these results, no matter how small the sample pool may be, mm. is a good indication and probably maybe will tell the party as to what they should do because. Mm. If she goes away, if she's taking away from mm. this picture of the election, then they yeah. should know what they are risking. You know what's, you know what's funny? Adomi Kabinia is becoming almost like the Florida South of this 2020 election <laughs> because, like, the the whole thing is interesting. It the, it's, it's the one seat that's caused a lot of interesting things to the extent that even if it's a by-election, 
a supposedly MPP stronghold could turn to NDC you know, because and, of the dynamics of yes, what has happened to Ajay Asafu. Madam Akugu's performance in the last election, she got about 50,000 plus. That was the highest performance for NDC you in know, that constituency in a long time. Yes, and that tells you, if somebody gets 50,000 votes in a constituency, yeah. it doesn't matter how big it yeah, is. Yeah, serious. That is a dent. Yeah, that's a huge constituency. That is a huge constituency. And then apparently, but there were 10 electoral areas, 8 was won by MPP, 2 was won by yes. NDC. Now she's saying that, that based on the poll, NDC wins a lot more yes, of those. You know, so wow. so clearly it it leaves the the MPP with a huge mm-hmm. problem on their hands. But because it looks this like other this other mm-hmm. almost Michael Quay presents is almost uh, as though he's almost the other option they yeah, have. Yeah, because he got he lost to address Apple by only four by only four in the primary. So now if they present him and they have this data staring mm-hmm. at them, what do you do? Do you bring somebody else? Do you wow. keep him and? Risk upsetting voters. Joffrey, mm. what do you think? He lost to Adjusta by only four votes in the primary, so that was very close. It seems as if some of Adjusta supporters may not necessarily vote for him from the, in the poll we are seeing. And the NDC candidate seems to be preferred based on the, the latest he's put out. I, I find it interesting, um, the whole Adjusta food dynamic in that constituency. Mm. You know, but when I spoke to <clears throat> on the big issue, I had mm-hmm. the first vice chair mm-hmm. of the MPP, mm-hmm. David, said uh, Apem Odro, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Did you ask him about this specific? Oh guy? yes, I asked him. And what did he say? No, just on my on the feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I think constituents might be feeling a bit differently towards her. Okay. What do you mean? This whole situation has soared her, her reputation, her yes, reputation yes, that's it, that, in, the constituency. in the constituency because if, because he says he's been in for him and him as an executive mm. he's been around for three months and he's not had any form of communication with her mm. okay and the people who he represents that he leads in the constituency would also and he says the biggest concern they have is that they have a large chunk of floating voters mm-hmm. in that constituency mm. and they feel that this particular situation ha- is going to hit them with that group of voters mm. because they would have every cause to be unhappy by the lack of representation. And Which is interesting. So if, if, if this is the case, why was NDC in parliament against Ajoasafo's removal then? Because if, if the ground is saying that they, their candidate could win, because I think they are happy with the state of it play because the numbers favors them. The fact that she's not there, even though she's there on paper and does not but, attend, but it's, equal, even out the numbers, because the equation is not there. Mm-hmm. So, now the poll is saying, NDC could actually win the seat. Mm-hmm. So, why is NDC... But it's also a perception business. business. It's a perception game in this. And, that, and, 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 and less of NDC would also have run their numbers. So, maybe they are, they, are not, they are not so sure. If, if they were sure, they trust were, me. Yeah, because the last thing you want is to be perceived by the voters you are trying to woo as the people who are pushing to get our MP out. Ah, so so it's better to <laughs> come across as though we did our best to try and keep this woman. Politics is a funny game. <laughs> Politics is a funny game. So what we say, watch this space. Watch this space. If there is a, what, we don't know what's going to happen. Parliament will reconvene and they'll decide on the address of a seat. And when but they Amon says, there's a lot happening that I find interesting. What's That they might actually need the Supreme Court to pronounce on this matter. Be, no, because the committee has sort of 
divided itself and the plenary we don't know whether the speaker would it's would, not that Katie Amod is saying the powers to declare a seat vacant is not in the hands not of vested in the speaker just like that is it vested in who the, the committee no he's saying that it is a matter that needs to be decided by the supreme court so far as Why? their reading of it if because if you as in with, so the normal prescription of uh, declaring a seat vacant the person is dead or the person has been found unfit, or the person has crossed carpet. Mm-hmm. But if the person is still there mm-hmm. and has absented himself based on previous committee, mm-hmm. there's no clarity on what happens. The the declaration of the declaration of the seat vacant being vacant. Wow. And they're saying, and his reading is is that if you cannot just read the, I think it's ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Yes, the ninety-seven one also. You can't just read it in isolation. In isolation. So, oh Lord. And then he he goes on to cite <laughs> uh, certain precedents. He mm-hmm. they, I think they are citing. Um, I forgot in the cases they are citing, but a, a couple of cases that they are citing at the Supreme Court level. They are saying, mm-hmm. and he is saying that they might need to test this at the Supreme Court. And you know. Wow. When they start saying things like that, who has the who has the power to determine whether a seat is vacant or not? Yes, and then the minority's position also is that she has not been heard, Mm -hmm. so far as they are concerned, so far as the person has not been heard. You cannot, we cannot, you cannot. You know, and my position on the matter was well, you've given her every opportunity. What they're saying, it does not matter. So far as she has not been heard, so this is going to take a while. (sighs) I I I just think well, it could run into next year. Both sides have, have games they are playing. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll be right back with more. Stay with us. City Breakfast Show. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
right, so five minutes to ten. The other issue to talk about quickly is the Commonwealth Games are ongoing. And uh, we understand there are two of our contestants in the 100-meter semi-final. Yes, yeah, 6.30 this morning. As Amati is in, Sean Safu is in. We're not, we, 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 we can be certain. As Amati will get As Amati will get there. Safu in I'm not too sure. He said his start was not good. He'll work on it. It doesn't matter. He'll get there. His time was not that strong. He was fourth in his... Why are we not winning anything? How many events are we in? Plenty. How many events are we... We are in judo. We are in boxing. 13. Are we in weightlifting? Yeah. Judo, boxing, weightlifting. Yeah, the Nigerians are winning things in weightlifting. We haven't won anything. Charlie, we played TT and things. TT. Table tennis to be lost. Table tennis. Charlie. Hockey? Hockey, I told you we were celebrating one goal against Canada. Like we had one World Cup. Hey. What is that? So do you have any chance in boxing? Eh, eh, small. A couple of boxers yeah, could do well. Yeah. And then maybe... Omar, the, Wahid Omar, perhaps. Maybe the 4 by 100 really. The 4 by 100 really is where we have... But if it's the 4 by 100 really, because we are short of... Ah, do, so, do, so the two guys are not going? No, 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 no. We had to bring in oh. alternates. You are worried? Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Gonna cry. But I, I, but I have a question, though. Hmm? You see, this is like a watered-down version of the elite fields. Hmm. And we are not doing well. Come on, him is not that tough. Oh. Yeah, I mean to medal here. Ah, so if you can, if you, we cannot medal, but historically we don't win a lot of medals at Commonwealth. Yeah, but that's also the thing. We win some weightlifting here. We win some judo there. We win some boxing. It's never there. consistent. Eh? We never win much. We, we, like, we, always we, we haven't invested in that. That's thing. it. So Charlie, so we should just celebrate yeah, our one goal like Charlie, that. Charlie, the eight one. better than eight nil. We celebrate our one goal like that. Serious, oh Lord. No, no, it, it, it's, it's a no, problem. But I, I also think we need to tell ourselves some home truths, you know, like with our sprinters and everything. Like we celebrate them when we they have do the well. talent, but we don't develop them. Yeah, but Aloski, some of the times, like we celebrate when somebody runs at nine point nine seven, and we are like, hey, Charlie, we're because you haven't given a guy anything. Oh, calm down. You're running in America. You're running nine point nine seven in America. Let me give you anything. How, ma- how, ma- how much of this has the state invested? Matter. How many competitions has he taken part in? He's combining that with schooling. I'm just saying. His compatriot from Nigeria is doing more meets. He has more support. I know, I know, I know. So we'll celebrate at 9.92. Yeah, but I'm just saying that the boy from Botswana started running how long ago? Just ran 9.91 yesterday night. And he was ho- he was jogging have comfortably. He didn't even show up at the Commonwealth Games. Who is this boy? Uh, Tehogo. Yeah. 19 years old. And you know something that's happening in Botswana? Botswana, have you noticed Botswana suddenly? There's not, it's not, mm-hmm. at least for the past five years. Five years. They've been producing sprinters. Yeah, no, you see, they started from 800, 800 400, 400, now 200 yeah. and 100. But that's how they do it. Yeah. Maslingi and Mboma. But that's the I point. They are investing in it. Yeah, what, what's, what's, like what? They're investing in what? We this boy doing, is 17, this boy is 18 years old. Which investment? But we, we, say, we even send more officials than athletes sometimes. So we are not serious about athletics. No, we are good. If we if we invest, we have the talent. But Bernard, I'm saying that. Girlfriend, if you tell me that a country like Kenya doesn't have football talent, I will agree with you. They have. If you come to athletics, Ghana has talent. We haven't developed it. No, I'm just saying that. You see, what kind of I'm just this 19 year old boy, mm. the Imboma lady who was running. Look, up up until the Olympics, she had never run 200 before. Heading to the Olympics, they said she cannot run 400 or something. So she said, okay, let me give the 200 a try. But she won was silver. She won, she had never run it before. She went to the Olympics and won silver. Are you telling me you don't know that we've not developed that? No, I'm just saying that. Tell like so, this you see this boy we are talking about. He it looks like he's just fast. That's talent. He's running that. Are you he's, telling me he's that been a professional we, for all of one year? That if we had not, if we had been doing our intercourse for the past twenty years, 
We will not get somebody from TI and Mass. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That person is possibly driving an Uber. As I'm, I'm just that's speaking. the issue. So, is it, that talent? Is it talent has to be developed? If, you, if we have been doing intercourse consistently for the past twenty years, this in Boma her compatriot is maybe in Kumasi somewhere running. You know, I'm normally rational. Yes. Right, right now, I'm frustrated. Water somewhere because right now I'm just frustrated. <laughs> I'm speaking like a frustrated it's fan. Terrible. Come on, games. Yeah. You're celebrating one goal. Uh, eight one. Eight one. And you're crack, crack, crack. <laughs> Let, let's get serious with the country people. Uh, Ronaldo. It's 10 o'clock. We'll end the show here. 